Welcome to Two Coaches Unplugged. With me here today, as always, Coach Faust, Coach Sayre, and we are here unedited, unfiltered, and no upfront questions known by these two cats as we get ready to go for our podcast and our live Facebook show based around failure today. So, gentlemen, start your engines. They're started. Ready to roll. Ready to roll. Okay. Started and ready to roll. So we talked a little bit before the show about how there could be a lot of different things uh, involving failure and what to base that around. And uh, it's such a broad topic. So here's where we'll start, at least on my end. Okay. Being such a broad topic, how do you narrow it down? And what would you say are one of the most important aspects of failure for you where you sit right now today? So when we're talking today, it's... March, you know, you're deep into the wrestling season, Coach Sayer. So, you know, you're looking at uh, several different types of failure across the board. Wrestlers losing independent matches, maybe not reaching their milestones or their goals this mm-hmm. late in the season. Maybe as a team, Coach Faust, you just came off a semi-successful indoor season. Um, you know, you, you guys played great, don't get me wrong, but you didn't get the big trophy in the end. So a little bit of failure there as adults. So that's a little different than what we normally talk about because we normally focus on kids. Right. So what is foremost in your mind right now whenever I say to you, let's talk about failure? What's that mean to you today? I think the biggest thing with failure for anybody is just learning how to overcome it. Okay. So you got to accept it and, and you know, learn how to, to deal with it and, and move on and, you know, learn from it. And, you know, hopefully um, that will result in not failing again. Is that more from, like, a personal challenge standpoint then? Yeah, but I... Or or growth as a human? Growth as a human or, you know, as an individual or as a team or however. I mean, I've kind of always been preached that uh, by my parents and by the coaches I've had over the years. Like, failure's going to happen. You're going to get knocked down. Things are not going to go your way. Um you know, you can sit around and sulk on it. You can be bitter. You can be upset, sad, or you can learn from it and move on. So, Coach Faust, what's your take? Failure. You know, I was reading, um, there's a guy named Ray Dalio, D-A-L-I-O, and he started one of the most successful investment firms in the world ever called Bridgewater Financial. Um, and... He had he wrote one book, but he's pretty public in the media now at this stage. And one of the things I was reading him talk about was what he respects in people the most and what he looks for. And he talked about how he respects people who fail well much more than people who succeed well. You know, He's much more impressed by people that fail well, and it's super important that we learn how to fail well and how positively, obviously, he views the word failure. To me, when you think about failure, your knee-jerk is like word association. So if I were to say, Dave, failure, you would say pain, disappointment, uh, anger, sadness. Emotional distress. Right. Those are the things that are associated with failure. But our knee-jerk is never growth, success, improvement, 
Right. Yeah. Ha- Learn, learning from your mistakes. Happiness. You know, it's funny you say that because I just came from track practice working with pole vaulters. And my goodness, that's all we do is learn from failure because nobody comes out as a beginning pole vaulter. We're even an experienced pole vaulter for that matter. And I'm, I'm assuming it's the same for wrestling. Nobody oh, yeah. comes out no, and just no. nails it right off the bat. And you're like, you're no. gifted. You're natural. I mean, how often does that happen? It's, it's basing I mean, just, everything yeah. off and of that failure. And that goes with anything. I mean, it's a rare Yeah, because you do a, a And, you know, and in wrestling, I grew up wrestling as well. You know, you get pinned and they're like, hey, you did this wrong. So now you got to fix yeah. that. Yeah. It's always a fix it situation. That's a great point, Fausty. Yeah. And, you know, personally, I have a huge fear of failure. And we've talked about this. I've talked about this previously on or at least my coach's interview, when we did the coach's interview or yeah. on one a previous episode, my fear of failure, typically fear of failure is a negative trait in an, a, in an athlete or a person. Um, when you're evaluating oh, an athlete. Is it? Is yes. it typically? Why? Yeah. Um, because normally fear of failure um, comes with like that kid that has all that extra added stress. When we talked about sports specialization yep. and all the pressure put on an athlete, they're so afraid to fail because yeah. it's the only thing that they do that it um, succumb, they succumb to it, right? It consumes them, right? So typically f- a fear of failure is not healthy, but there's an exception to every rule, and for me it always has been. And when you listen to uh, – there's some Hall of Fame speeches by NFL players, uh, Jerry Rice, mm-hmm. Chris Carter – they talk about fear of failure. Yeah. And so for me, it's always been something that has been really healthy. I'm really afraid to fail, mm-hmm. but I'm wildly content with failing. Not that it's this thing that's okay, even though okay and content might be synonyms, is that I'm completely content with failing because I know that it's necessary, it's going to happen, yep. and I need it to move forward. See, and that's... I. I agree with everything you just said, except for the fact that um, fear of failure is not a good thing, at least most of the time. Because I think a lot of people are driven by that feel. It can it can overcome it can overcome. It, you know. Yeah, it can. Anything can. Yeah, but it can override. And I generally it. think it's positive. Because I'm because I'm of the same mindset of you. I, my fear of failure drives me to try harder, be better. And I see that in a lot of athletes. You know, they are afraid to fail, so they double down. You know, on their well, effort, they yeah. double down on what they're on the, doing. They double down on, on the extra well, training or yeah, extra yeah, I mean, weight training or conditioning or whatever. Look at your but. generic person, generic athlete, right? Take yourself in that space as a kid. You know, how many kids or how many times have you asked your kids to do something and they're like, well, what if I – no, I don't know. I don't know what to do or I'll look dumb or whatever. Like, that's fear of failure. Yeah, I understand. Right, so that's, I deal with that in pole vault today. I was, was like, "Look, it's going to look sloppy, scrappy, yeah. but just go anyway right. and so, get, I mean, get it done, get it through." You know, it can be hindering. Or like, no, I, I'm so afraid of the test. Like test stress, fear yeah. of failure. Mm-hmm. Why are you afraid to take a test? Because you might not get an A, or you might. I not would get... say because you didn't prepare well. Yeah, but you know, I think. Yeah, I snuck that one in on you. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but I, I really think that <laughs> gen- in general. It, hold on, hold on. Did you ever throw out the old oh, "I'm afraid I'm I'm a bad test taker"? Did no. you ever use that? What about no, you, I'm coach a, there. No, I'm no. a good test taker. I'm a good because, test taker as well. Um, it's yeah. You two are always prepared. I can see that. Well, an Americanized American standardized testing is a joke. It's a gimmick, anyways. It's all yeah. a game for most uh-huh. of it. I can take any test basically and, and get like a fifty or sixty percent. Like of almost any test that I have any remote, remote service level knowledge on, just because of the way that we make tests here. Gotcha. Yeah. 
deductive reasoning like right okay. but if it was a f- completely short answer test then obviously then that eliminates that right take, multiple... some, take some of that out but yeah. i'm very right, good right, 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 you're right. pretty crafty though and you talk yeah i'm good well with, so I'm very, imagine yeah. i'm good with short answers as well yeah both like, of you could spin the yarn yeah. so oh speak. yeah but anybody worth their i feel like we're gonna have a test here soon just so you know anybody we'll worth their weight in salt knows fluff yeah. you know i had my guy who did my cap my professor uh did our capstone he goes don't give me fluff i know what fluff is oh yeah i call it the shotgun approach you threw out enough crap, something's going to hit. Yeah. Anyway, Trey Bias, just to let you know, he said, Very Lady wants his money back. Sorry, no refunds, buddy. And somebody liked that comment. I wonder who it was. I don't know. You got a lot of people watching tonight. so Even though we're late, and this is unforeseen yeah. cir- circumstances, they're completely, Michael Haney. completely Zach's fault. And by the <laughs> yeah. way, Coach Freese and Michael Haney, your shirts are being made. Ooh. So this is the this is the Stop deal. Uh, nice. No, I kid you not. Time. This is the, Dang, the crisis that I had because I made promises and I broke promises. I looked all around town here for shirts, and the only ones that I could find were football shirts at a local um, pharmacy-type store, no names mentioned, but could only find football shirts. I was like, this is the worst thing ever. We're coming off a one heck of a great soccer season. There's not a soccer shirt to be had. So I had to custom make them. So they are being made. I actually stopped and checked on them today. Nice. So I should have them by next week. I'm. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just going to put it out there. We'll soon have some uh, two coaches unplugged gear available Ooh. for purchase. Oh, oh. Michael Whoa. Haney says finally, Whoa. I agree. And Michael, I owe you a huge apology, and Coach Freese as well. I've been dragging my feet on this shirt deal, but I'm taking care of it. Yeah, there will be two coaches unplugged T-shirts. <clears throat> nice, and possible other apparel as well. So nice. I can't wait to yeah. wear. I can't wait to plug our own stuff. Yeah, I like where this is going. Yeah. Okay. It's on the way. Is it? Is it on the way, or should I take care of it too? It's We're on the way. On that. Yeah, it's on the way. Okay. I like where we're going. All right, anyway, back to failure. So there's so much here. Man, even, you know, looking at the day today, like literally today, and the stuff people have to go through, how much failure do we bring on ourselves just from getting in our own head? Is that something you guys think about, deal with? A lot of time. Yeah, people get in their own way, so to speak. And then a lot of people are That happens a lot in athletics. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I used to tell my my team, you know, whether you can or can't, you're right. And they never – it's such a struggle for them to understand that. I have that framed in my office. I haven't hung it up since I get in my new office. But it's like, you know, Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're You're exactly right, yeah. Yeah. It'd look good on the wall right here, just saying. Yeah, I think think it definitely is is brought upon – um, the athlete or the coach or whoever the team, mm-hmm. um, in many instances. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, you defeat yourself before you even walk yeah. on the field. That's a, like I wrestling. Mean, that's one of the things I liked about wrestling. You know, and I'm sure as a coach you've seen it. Some kids beat themselves before they even get on the uh, and you can you can tell a lot of times as well. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, but I I can just tell by the by their mannerisms. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that they're acting before the match or their lack of. Uh, excitement for the match, or I, I, you just get vibes sometimes. You yeah. just know, like, hey, this kid is not <clears throat> mentally checked in. Like, unfortunately, that's the case. But that happens with any sport, though. I mean, oh, yeah. but wrestling, you know, it's individualized. Yeah, you can really, you can hide you it can on really, the soccer field. Yeah. You can hide it on the football field. You can hide it, you know, in a lot of your team sports. But yeah, yeah individual sports that you can tell. Yeah, and yeah, body language right. is important. So. Yeah. I think 99% of the time, to sound like an absolute 1967 hippie, you know, the reason that we have all the self-imposed failure is because all of our 
success is measured by the destination. And once you evolve, you realize that all the reward and success really comes from the journey, not yeah. the destination. So your destination is all state. Your destination is a state championship. Your destination is to go on that vacation. Your destination is to make this many dollars a year. Your desti destination is to have a house in this city or this location or this type of house or ride or drive this car right or have this job title and like that's the destination and success doesn't lie there yeah and that's a crazy idea to try to get people to understand because a lot of times their life revolves around having their head down in a tunnel and they don't see that they just see the light at the end of the tunnel maybe and that light is like you said a state championship a conference championship you know winning season mm -hmm. And they sacrifice and miss everything else just because of that sole focus and tunnel vision. How do you get around that? Is that something you guys as coaches address yourselves? Or is that you know, do you address it as a collaborative group? Do you address it as a team? Do you address it individually? How do you two focus on that or not focus on getting tunnel vision? Is it an I issue? Don't, I don't think the coaches have tunnel vision, and it's hard to – it's one of those things that I think that when we do it the most is um, post. Well, hold so, on. I, I would disagree with that. I see a lot of coaches, I think, that have tunnel vision. They're like, we're going to have a winning season or we just suck. I was just you know, referring to we, us as individuals. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. I just meant in general. Coaches oh, yeah. in general. I mean, and you have to measure success by something, and we live in a, in a cancel culture, and we live in this culture where it's like fire coaches after one season or two seasons or whatever. But um, for us with, with athletes – I think, and what is unfortunate is that, you know, we don't get them all year long, but we get them for a few months, and you don't really get to teach um, that it's not about that end result um, until normally when you fall short of the end result, and you get to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it just comes with time and saying, hey, you guys didn't win a state championship, but, like, let's look at what, we did accomplish. Let's look what we, we did accomplish. What we did do and along like, the way. And and they get that. I think after one or two years of, of failure, because only one team succeeds. Yeah. Right? Only one team truly, you know what I mean? In that, in that fashion, only one team wins the state championship. So then everybody else is having to have the same conversation. And it only takes, I think, two seasons for, for kids to realize, in our experience as an athlete and then as, as a coach, that after they fall short, once or twice, then they kind of start to, through example, I think, see what it's really about. Yeah. And, and where that success really comes from. And, and it you doesn't guys, come from a state title. Right. And you guys have started the whole thing here. So over on the other page, because we cross post, uh, Jessica Mathena is on the two coaches, or two, my, my two dads. Sorry. Well, I can't spit it out. She asked about it. Does the MVP get something? And then she said what? So I'm not sure what that's about. But then Chip comes on and says controlled fear versus uncontrolled fear. And then Julie Reed comes on and says growth versus fixed mindset. So you're getting psychology with a mixture of stuff there. Yeah, so Jessica, I think, was referring to herself as the MVP in the third person, if I had to guess. I th and I Ashley, say Ashley says same. <clears throat> right, and Ashley's trying to piggyback Oh, on I that. see. She's back on the shirt conversation. Right. Yeah, that must be the shirt yeah. conversation. Yeah. yeah, she wants the MVP shirt. Yeah. See, I had the two coaches unplugged page pulled up, but I yeah, didn't I got have I the, pulled up both finally because yeah. I, well, I realized we were. My one phone's it. about dead, so I can only pull up. I can only pull yeah. up the one. Right. But, yeah. And we gotta get everybody on. Obviously, page. Chip's right there. 
you know, you want to be in control. And so yeah. that's kind of what we talked about, yeah. what yeah. we were kind of arguing semantics on, on fear of failure. You know, is it controlled or is it unhinged? And unhinged is obviously when it consumes a person mm. or an athlete. Gabriel Starcher just liked the page there, by the way. Shout out to Gabe. Shout out That's to 2011. Gabe. Graduate yeah, with me. Nice. So. State trooper. So, okay, so where does this uh, where does this go to? Are you, you want to talk about controlled versus uncontrolled? Wherever you want to take it, boss, man. Okay, well, I'm curious. I, I will say this. There is a hashtag Sarah Suggestion Cup on the table. We're missing the hashtag Faust Fact. So. I told you I'd be back. I, I know, think. man. I you're you. doing a, a great my, job. I'm a man of my word. And we got our two dollies out here. And I know the, one, pops. the one is... Uh, the office right yeah michael scott you know the yeah. best show yeah out there ever probably all time especially best sitcom you know there's a lot of haters out there that like other shows um i'll be honest like, i didn't like it at first but now i love it it had to grow on me i don't know why. The office i can't tell you how much that statement means to me yeah it's kind of crazy like the first two times i watched it, i was like i don't get it like i watched park and rec too and i hated it i still don't like it well, the Office, man. The Office has me hooked. Yeah, oh, good. it's so good. You know, there's people out there that like shows like How I Met Your Mother or New Girl or whatever. They don't compare to the 90210. Is that are you looking at Zach when you say these shows? Well, that's he's no. more of like a One Tree Hill guy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> The Office is for sure. Yeah, shout out to The Office. All right, so who's show. your dolly there, Zach? That's Michael Funko Jordan. Up. That's and Michael that's Jordan a Funko Pop. Pop. Well, how's he wearing a green uniform? It's the NBA All-Stars edition. Uh, Michael yeah. Jordan. Yeah, yeah the two greatest it. Michaels of all time. Gotcha. Michael, Michael Scott. Jordan, Michael, Michael Scott. Jordan. So, I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> so I got curious, and I said, you know, maybe I need to do a little research on this Dolly thing. Funko, Funko Pop. Pop. And so I looked it up online, and I was like, all right, so there's some Dollies out there, different whatever. And so I was like, let's look at movies. So I actually scrolled down like through 200 of these Dolly movie thingies. Movie then I lost interest in a hurry, but whew. at least you gave it a shot. One of them did attract yeah, me. And it was uh, let me think. I don't know. I'll think of it later. I was I was tempted. I was like, maybe, maybe I could go for that dolly. Funko Pop. Yeah. You should have. I, I you know. Anyway, Jessica or yeah, Jessica says she's never watched. You got to watch The Office. That's where it's at. It really is. And I'd like to just it'll grow when you like a bad mold. Quick little plug. The Office, the first time you watch it, it's really funny. You get all the big punchlines, but you're fixated kind of on the story of two main characters and then two other main characters because um, there's like a loose, fixed plot all the way through. And the second time you watch, you're not paying attention to the story because you know what happens. You've already heard all the big punchlines. You remember most of them, and you start to pick up on the on the secondary stuff. Yeah, the little subtleties. That and it's much in. more funny the second time, and I will tell you this, if... You love it enough to go a third time. That's when the show really yeah. crazy comes alive because you're looking for all the nuances. Yep. And I've seen every episode probably 10 to 13, 15 times. And I can tell you just the way the things that are on the walls in the office and the things that are on the desk. And mm -hmm. like, it's just crazy, crazy funny. Every scene is like shout out Kevin Malone. Shout out Kevin Malone. Yeah, they did some serious work on the show. You know, and so if it's you nuts. like The Office, you'll like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Not it and yet. Brooklyn Nine Nine is very similar, but it has uh, has really good undertones. Like I don't know, it, yeah. it's a different deal. That's after hours, but you know, we'll have to get into after, that later. after hours. OT after hours. over time. This is a quick segue, a quick plug. Haney says MG the goat. That is correct. I agree with that. I used to argue with some of the middle That's school a kids. Conversation like, oh. for another day. Though. What was the other or basketball player? Was pretty good. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Okay. So <clears throat> KT coming in. 
big time. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, back to failure. I kind of let's talk a little bit about. Um, <laughs> Jessica says, just for the record, you can have your own dolly made. Funko Pop, and you can. I, I want Vision Pop. Quest. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for Matthew uh, Modine and Vision Quest, the wrestler. Oh, that's what I wanted. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, they don't have that one. Yeah, they may one day though. They might. They're, so, they're missing out. They're losing out right there. They lost they the sale. There's so many like Dungeon Dragon ones. That's the crazy part. My there's gosh. all kind of. There's they're for everything. The Hobbit thousands and thousands. Yeah. yeah, which I'm a Hobbit fan, but you know. All right. Anyway, so let's talk about fear, controlled and uncontrolled. Give us some examples. What you see, what you've had to deal with, and uh, how you successfully turned it into controlled fear. Um, because I really like that. I mean, that fear. Fear hurts a lot of athletes. Yeah, so failure, like fear of failure. So you've got the kids that when they make one mistake, then they take themselves out of a game or a drill. Mm -hmm. Perfect example of uncontrolled fear. And I've read a lot here in the last year on how uh, coaches are starting to coach more for the kids to make mistakes and to let them know it's okay to make a mistake because their fear of making a mistake and being cajoled or made fun of or the coach yelling at them has led them to not expand their knowledge of play because they want to stay in a safe yeah. zone. Well, that's like, you know, it's so we, much pressure to be mistake free. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge fear players have. We will set up drills and sessions yeah. for initial failure to use that as coaching moment. Mm -hmm. um, Chip's been very good at that um, over the last five years. Um, I'm sure he did it with, you know, when we played for him as well. But, you know, at that point in time, there's a revolving door of, of coaches uh, coming in with him. But like I said, shout out to Todd Dean real quick. Shout out to Todd Dean. Shout out to Todd Dean. Um, but yeah, we will plan sessions for failure. You know, and I used to do one with our rec team where you had two defenders and three offensive players, and then you jump it up to four offensive players. The defense should lose every yeah. time. Oh, yeah. And I tell the defenders that. You're going to lose, but you're going to learn how to pressure one way yeah. or the other. You're going to give up the goal yeah. and learn how to pressure. Yeah, like I said, we'll, and we'll do it for specific yeah. uh, moments to, you know. And I know you, you're, you're talking that. higher level. Yeah, yeah but, but, we, for somebody but we do that as well. Yeah. Like you do, like that's something that we do. Like, yeah. you know, we do I was just saying that's a simple example yeah. that I can think yeah, of. Yeah, and coaches, if you can learn to do that, it yeah. makes it so much easier. Yeah. Um, Big lesson learned for me as a coach. Yeah. When I realized to, to do that, the defenders had a whole different mindset mm -hmm. on, oh, yeah. on failure because they're like, yeah, we're going to get beat, so we'll just accept it and we're going to learn the lesson. Yeah. And it right. wasn't a big deal. Because well, you know, you know, they try to cheat. Otherwise, you try right. to start cheating. They try and cheese things, you know. Because they know what's going to happen. One thing I always say when a kid does, I'm like, hey, hey, you made a bad pass. I was like, who cares? Mm -hmm. I was like, you're going to make thousands of bad passes. They don't want to use their left because it's going to be bad. I was like, you have to fail a million times to get yeah. good at it, you know. Yeah, that's a real good example. They won't go their left. But you know, counterattacking <clears throat> specifically, but it's more the principle of failure, which is what I always tell my guys. And if, you know, if Braden comes in here for a little overtime, he'll tell you. One thing I tell them is, they say, "Hey, coach, what do I? What was I supposed to do in this situation? How could have I stopped that goal?" And I said, "Hey, hey, look at me." I was like, "Hey, you're screwed." Yeah. I was like, what do you yeah, mean? I was like, you're you screwed. Nothing you could have done. I was like, it's a 4v2. I was like, you're <coughs> screwed. I was like, so accept that from the get-go. And I was like, but what? how can we – what's the most or the least likely way that we'll concede a goal? And you're playing odds. Yeah. I was like, but you're you're already done. You've already – I mean, it's yeah. done. And so when you teach them how to be comfortable in failure, then that gives them the most 
skill and, and the best tools, I think, to overcome failure in the moment and in the long term. Yeah. Have you ever, and I've said this before, and I don't know if it's right to say, but, um, you know, you give up a goal, and everybody always looks at the goalie like, ah, oh, you know, yeah. and, or they look at the defender and like, ah, oh, you got beat. And I've always thrown out, well, this started at midfield. Yeah. If the midfielder yeah. would have played up yeah. and, you know, shattered the ball over to the side, or maybe then the, it wouldn't have had the run through the middle. On the or maybe the forward defender. didn't press like yeah, he should or, have. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, standing you know, up 90, here picking her nose. 99% of the time, yeah. the goal was not the – especially the keeper's fault. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the defender may be at fault because he missteps or whiffs yeah, or whatever, yeah. but, like, very rarely is the goal actually yeah. the goalie's fault. It's so. one of those domino effects. That's how I kind of viewed yeah. it. And so I would never let my You're team the blame the goalie and then blame the defender and then yeah. the midfielder because sometimes they're like, well, the midfielder just fluffed the whole deal. Yeah. I'm like, well, if you hadn't, a, the ball hadn't got there in the first place, yeah. we'd have took care of it up top. Yeah, it wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah. So right, and, and is one that thing, something? Well, you let's we'll, we'll look at it two ways. So pick a sport, and so you say, you know, it started at midfield or maybe even in mm-hmm. front of there. The pressure defensively on you as an athlete at midfield or in front of midfield, right? Their offense, your offensive third, right? They take the ball in their own defensive third. Your pressure is low and your immediate uh, risk and loss is minimal. Yeah. Right? So, but if you add those up, right, then you'll put a teammate or another athlete, pick a sport in a very high-pressured situation that is very difficult to deal with that is maybe a coin flip or, you know, much less probability to have success like a counterattack or a 2v1 or, you know, being in double coverage or, you know, you're having to try and get that base or pick. A, it doesn't matter, yeah. right? And it's like, it's so easy to go, oh, well, my mistake was so much smaller. Right, right. Right? Downplay your own mistake. <clears throat> but it's like, pressure evade yours you. were so much easier to do. And had so much less pressure, right, and so less, so much less immediate loss that you could have easily done a lot more to not put somebody else in that super high-pressured, high-intense situation. So it's always crazy that, you know, so many things, like we talk about a goal, goals in soccer. People yeah. say it's boring, and they're like, why do people go so crazy? It's like, well, once you start to understand the game, you mm. understand – how many things have to go right to score a goal? It is so hard to score a goal. And every it is. And, and science says that every every action has an equal opposite reaction, right? So all these things have to go right to score a goal, and it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. So many things have to go wrong to concede. Things, plural. Yeah, yeah. Any and every one guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So I'm I'm laughing here, and you were looking at me, Fausty. Zach Sampson says that's a good looking shirt, and Zach, you're rolling with the West Lib Wrestling yep. shirt. West Lib Wrestling. Shout out to Zach Sampson, former Point <laughs> so Pleasant wrestler. Just uh, wrestling at West Lib. Read so. your line out there that you replied with. Stay rapping, boy. <laughs> B O I. Yeah, boy. Yeah, I know. yeah. Just funny. Slang. I've never seen it spelled like but, that. Uh, I got you. I got. I knew what yeah, you were saying. I just yeah. wanted to hear you say. It. Uh, yeah, anyway, former that, Point Pleasant wrestler. He's at West Lib. West Liberty just uh, placed fourth in the Division Two. Um, NCAA wrestling championships. So, nice. Uh, doing big yeah, things they're, there. They're Looking like they're going to have a big, uh, a big run next year at it. With yep. looks like everybody's going to be back. I think so. They're yep. going to have a chance. Uh, you know, it's, and two two West Virginia boys, uh, national champs. Yeah, uh, in Division two. So and it's kind of crazy. Glenville started a wrestling mm-hmm. program with uh, Dylan Cottrell, the yep. head coach. He's a Roan County yep, boy. Roan County boy out of Spencer. Who uh, went down to App State and then came back to Morgantown, WVU. Yep. 
Wrestling. Big thing. Big thing. Oh. Ryan Grant has wrestling now. Yep. Um, so That's wrestling on the yeah. wrestling on the on the on brain. The right now, Dude, can so. I give a shout out to Tyson Richards? Just yeah. In general, for being a heck of a heck of an athlete, heck of a kid. Love him. That's kind of like our left field. What happened? Just because. Just because. All right, I agree. Tyson's my guy. It's my guy. Shout out Tyson. No, no. I, Tyson's my guy. Tyson's my guy. If you want to get in on the rock, paper, scissors with Dude, me and Chip on that. I'm just telling you, he is my guy. So in any game, he's been playing an indoor. My guy comes running over to help me commentate. Mm. Yeah. Whatever. My guy. He does work. That's right. He's one of my pole bars now, Tyson. too. Yeah. One of my pole bars now. Heck yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Yeah. <sighs> So, man, okay, back to where we were. We keep getting off track. Stinking wrestlers. It happens. I know. <laughs> I do. I, I, I like the shirt you came I meant to talk about earlier. So, Zach, thanks for bringing that back into the yeah, court. Shout, right shout out to watching, too, Zach. Yeah, heck yeah. Growing audience. <laughs> Chip says, whoa, Tyson's my guy. <laughs> no, easy, he's my guy. All right, enough, enough, yeah, enough. Let's get back on track here. It's not even a debate anyway. And Chip switched pages. Good for Chip. Just throwing that out there. Becky, Becky Woods is actually, he's mine from grade school one. So she probably did have him hey, first. Hey, Becky, you don't argue <laughs> with It's hard to talk about You don't argue you with can, Grammy. Yeah. yeah, you don't argue That's with That's what Grammy. I was going to say. She's got a big point. A, you don't argue with her. And B, she has had him since. Yeah. By nine. Ah, uh, Nick Matheny says he feels unloved. You guys mentioned Tyson, not me. So I will say this. Shout out to Nick as well. I was at one of the, ga- the indoor games. Yeah, Nick Matheny, my boy. Is one of the yeah. uh, adult games watching you clowns play. And uh, I just wasn't feeling well. I was just tired. And uh, Nick and uh, Jaden were standing there, and I was like, hey, you guys want to step in? And they are like, heck, yeah. And I didn't know how Nick would feel about it, but he just jumped right they in did a good and job. took off, man. Yeah, I went talented, back and listened. I went back and listened. They did a real yeah. good job. They did a great job, yeah. Great head of hair. <laughs> uh, Mike Zirkel fact. says Point Pleasant, outstanding. Yes, sir. And then uh, Gary chipped in, Nick Jr., my, Nick, you're, you're my guy. Man, all these kids. You know what? That's the. They're great all. Thing. Our, they're the, the. You know what the beautiful thing is about our team? Yeah, they're all. Our they're guys. all our guys. Yeah, I know. Cool. It's so funny that. Yeah. We, it's not funny, haha. But it's funny as in how people are. This community just envelops you. Does that make sense? Especially with us. I mean, yeah, like you know, we have such a good time. No, no, I just mean it's not nice. with you don't the boys. See in every like community. we, you know, we coach them. We're hard on them. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like you know, we're all like. Yeah, you know, still your boys. We're nice and we're tight and yeah. lots of banter. You know, yeah, yeah, that's the funny part. Lots of banter. Yeah, and which we've the been kids really like. You know, when you put yourself in the shoes of like an athlete and like yeah. coaches are so serious all the time, and the, a lot of times they don't let you in mm-hmm. personally. And as an athlete, I remember always kind of like in a way for whatever reason, maybe yearning that. But I've had some coaches along the way that that let me in. Yeah. And, you know, it was always really special and cool for me, so I try and do that as much as I can with the athletes. And it was it was weird for me because at the root, I wasn't kind of sure what the uh, protocol would be, but I just went across and sit in a penalty box to you know broadcast. But then the boys started coming over, you know, and, and that's just mm-hmm. it, it makes me smile and feel good because you know a they weren't afraid to kind of you know hey I'm gonna come over and get involved. Jaden Reed came over with blown out knee and. You know, he's hanging out on the bench helping coach and, mm-hmm. you know, just being vocal and being part of it, even though he's out hurt. You know, and the same thing with uh, Pacey. Pacey come over and, you know, jumped yeah. right in. was like, hey, I'll help you. I was like, heck, yeah. You know, and Borowski coming in uh, for when the two point boys teams play each other. So it's weird uh, for me just because I could see one maybe doing it. 
But, you know, as we're talking, that's five mm-hmm. just I can name right, right now. Right offhand, yeah. Well, when you have a program and you create a culture. Yeah, you know, people, it's the culture. Yeah. People, people want to be a part of something. Yeah. And for the most part, it is, like, super, super positive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we were talking earlier about off-stream, um, about bad coaches and if not liking a coach and not wanting to play for coach and being on teams where, hey, guys just didn't want to play for him because they didn't – I mean – Nobody liked that guy. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to play for him. All good business is personal yep. in life. All good, bi- all good business is personal, right? And people like to do business with people that they like. And I'll give you an. I'll tell you something else. Oh, remind me, I got a, I got a thing for you. The higher up you go in business, the more money that gets involved. Yeah, you would think that the more numbers driven decision making becomes. That couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. Yeah. People like doing business with people that they like. Example, mm-hmm. you know, guys that they go on this golf trip or this hunting trip or this boat trip with these group of guys from these businesses or we've been doing business with this. They don't care about price. Yeah. Right? They care about relationships. And loyalty. Pe- and People yep. like to do things with people that they like and like to work for and work that's with a, people that they like. And athletes a, like to play mm-hmm. for coaches that yeah. they like. Now, you're not trying to be everybody's friend and all that and you got to be appropriate you know where the line is <laughs> well i would say like slash respect yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's good that's a good way to look at it yeah because you're right it's not the buddy buddy hey yeah. i'm your friend it's the respect of you know what you're doing you're treating me fairly you're treating me with respect and therefore you get the respect back and that turns into a camaraderie so to mm. speak that's based on respect i think i think consistency is really key so one of the things that we do as a staff is you know we Julie Reed says trust based on trust. Oh, yeah, big, trust is huge. Big time trust. Yeah, they have to trust you. They have to think yeah. that, and that's that's a big thing for a kid. Yeah, and and so I think what we do is, we know lots of banter, and we try to have fun as much as we can when those settings are appropriate, like outside of the yeah. practice field or the game pitch. Try and keep it as light as possible. Yeah. But these boys know that if they do something stupid or say something stupid, it's like. The hammer comes down real hard, and you only have to consistently do that so much, and then they yeah, know. It takes care of So itself. they know that, like, hey, have a good time. We're having, like, team dinner or team this or whatever, and it's they're so excited to go mm-hmm. and hang out with everybody. But they also know that if they're being disrespectful at the venue or to each yeah. other or whatever, yeah, that, not like, gonna, not gonna tolerate that's that, going to so. go south. Yeah. Yeah. real real quick and the yeah. same thing on the pitch you know and that's it's funny you bring that up i think back to beckley and the boys come up in the stands and they sit and they watch the other semi and they were super respectful you know i would think back to my age and you guys are closer to it but back when i was that age it'd been hard for me to go sit and watch a game and not you know cajole and goof off and just because but they handled it like yeah, professionals they did, well, yeah i mean you guys did not really have to chaperone no no, they're good boys. They're good. They're good oh yeah, I just mean you know yeah. as a high school. Oh yeah. Now, and I say that because as a high school group, they're very ornery, but in a good way. Yeah, you know, they're, good they're not gonna yeah. set anything. Yeah, well, no, they're not gonna do anything. Let me knock on some wood. They're not gonna set anything <laughs> on fire necessarily, but they may. They may, yeah, at some point. But Colton would set stuff on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but, uh, you're, you're spot on with that. Yeah, thing, it's so. kind of crazy. So two things: they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's one. Mm-hmm. That's an old quote from somewhere. I had it on a previous radio show. But uh, and then two, um, people don't care what you say unless they like you. Yeah. And that is a political deal that's went down. 
I do a lot of research for my job, and that was one of the things that I had to really battle with, is that people don't like you. They don't care what facts you shout. They're just not Oh, it don't matter. I see that all the time. That's, yeah, and that's... Uh, I see that every day. Because, you know, anyway, with part of my work, but that's one of the things I looked at, and I was like, dang on. You know, some of these things, I'm, I'm just shooting out facts, thinking people will surely use logic and common sense and be like, well, that's a fact. Can't really argue with it. But the problem is, if they didn't like me, they discounted my mm. fact immediately oh, yeah. and didn't even care. And I had trouble coming to terms with that. So just to follow up yeah. on what you're saying there, Fausti, it's... It's all based around that trust. So that, that's a good point, Julie Reed. Trust. Very good point. And then uh, Gary says she claims Nick as well. So. Everybody loves Nick. I know, Nick. Good I know. You're, you're worried, Nick, but, man, you got people. Like all he does is score it. goals. So <clears throat> I felt so bad for him at the indoor final. He wanted a goal bad. Missed one in the first half. And then uh, I could tell he's hunting it in the second half and just couldn't make it happen. Typically, he finds the net. Not your points. It was awesome. I liked it. I liked his uh, instinct. He was going to go back out in the second half. Okay. So, <clears throat> how much failure, how much havoc does failure wreak on, like, emotional status? Is there a way? Have you seen an athlete, and I'm sure you have, but I'm just going to pose the question this way. Have you seen an athlete that has gotten into their head so much because they've had one thing go wrong? And then, well, okay, let me go in um, quicksand. So when we talk about quicksand, mm -hmm. it was made famous in a movie, I think The Replacements or something. You know, you're talking about something you're afraid of, and that Keanu Reeves, the main character, is like quicksand. And uh, by that, he meant that as soon as something goes wrong, you kind of double up your efforts, and then it gets worse. Yeah. And then you start to get in your own way. Deeper and deeper. Yeah, and the more you fight, the worse it gets. And the wheels come off, and you just <laughs> cannot get it back. So the harder you try, the worse it gets. So quicksand. Um <clears throat> How do you reel that back in? Well, I think there's a difference between, like, mistakes. I think we're kind of leaning towards, like, people making mistakes. That's a little bit different than failing. Yeah. Um, like, in a game, like, when you make a bad pass or whatever, I don't yeah. – that's not failure. I think failure is, like, when you, when you don't reach goals, you know, objectives. Well, let me pose it in a different way. So, in your adult game, you shot, like, eight or nine up into the net, like 30 yards high. Sure. How'd you pull yourself back out of that? Um, I mean, after the third or fourth one, that's not like a mistake. That's just complete and utter failure on a shot. Well, you know. And I'm just giving you a hard time. You there. miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Um, <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, Tom Faust. Um, but <laughs> I'd say I, Faust fact, but you didn't bring a cup with you, so, you know. For, you just got to you you get on with it. You got to have the wherewithal to, to keep going. That's I mean, why I yell. Yeah, you hear me shout during the games. Yeah, you, you shout all the time. That's his way of. But I don't say anything. It's inaudible. I just go ah, oh, yeah. okay. It's That's over. His way of, it's uh, done. Of moving it's right on. there. It's done. I'm on to the net. So short I let, memory. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I, I, oh yeah. So I take a half second and yeah. I yell. Okay. And it's released and it's all done. It's over. And so, so that, now I'm that's your the coping next mechanism. Yeah, hundred percent for me as an individual. Okay. I developed that because Chip Wood banned cussing early on <laughs> in my high school career, and I couldn't cuss anymore when I messed up. So I had to do that anymore. <laughs> right. So how, how many did you get away with? Before not very it came many. Issue? Not very many. Really? Not what was the many. penalty? Oh, just I don't know. You know, run until he gets tired of watching type of stuff. Yeah. Fun stuff. Um, did you get drawn into that, any Zach? You don't seem like the type of player that drop f bombs or anything. One time, I received a card. Did you experiment um, at Charleston Catholic, oh, and really? I cursed. 
And uh, just got, the fact got, that you say cursed, I got carded for it. Yeah. And uh, I had to run a time two mile the oh, next yeah. day. Oh yeah. Before getting on the bus to go play oh, at yeah. Herbert Hoover. What was the time? Do you remember? Uh, fifteen minutes. Yes, yeah, fifteen minutes. So oh, yeah, you're right a wrestler. That right after school, had deal. to come out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of course, we you know we we had travel shirts and so I just I put shorts on. I put my game shorts on. Ran a time two mile around the school, and uh, hopped on the bus. So did you say, "Hey, I'm a wrestler. I got this." I'm assuming yeah, oh yeah, as a wrestler, yeah. you know, you learn to like pace and time yeah. And you know well, walking, I mean, we were, so. I mean, we were very fit. We were a very yeah, fit team. That's what I mean. So like, yeah. you know, it wasn't an issue, but like, I had to pay. Yeah, pay the piper. I had to, I had to pay the piper, so to speak. 100%. So was it worth it? Um, no, but it was just an. I was, I was frustrated, yeah. and you notice I let my emotions get the best of me and. And I just happened to pay for it there. So I definitely cussed every game, but I never <laughs> got carded for. I've never been carded for cussing. Chip, it was uh, our boy Foreign Ref was the one that carded me. Oh, uh, okay. At Show and Bomb. Really? Yep. That would have been uh, interesting. Yep. Preston can. Preston probably remembers this. Uh, Chip says he doesn't remember it. I don't know how he doesn't remember. Because I always give him I always give him grief for it. Yeah. Because he does not enforce that rule anymore. <laughs> used to be dumb cards were two miles. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ali. So, Ali. Is it, gonna, is it gonna make a return? Uh what's the face when he had long hair? He had longer hair then. I can't think of his name. Well, I'll, I'll leave his name off the air. The out of professionalism. One. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now we're gonna be professionals. Man. Yeah. This uh this just got interesting. I mean, I, he was he was on the right. So. Well, I'm just yeah. saying yeah. this is this is uh, <laughs> two coaches unplugged. There's unplugged, no work to worry yeah, for professional. No need to bring him. No need to bring his name into this. So. <laughs> he was just doing a job. I, I wasn't doing my job. I failed, yeah. and I made a mistake because of my failure. So nice. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> back to failure. What do you tell? And it, I like this question just across the board because I feel like there's a lot of people that coach or know about coaching that listen in. What do you tell those coaches if they're dealing with issues of players, you know, being afraid to make mistakes, being afraid to fail, being afraid to, you know, put themselves out there and become a player they could be, or if it's infecting the whole team, how do you kind of get out of that spiral? What mindset do you work from? I mean, early on, you just need to communicate to them the importance of, of failure along the journey. Um, if you can do that from the get-go, I think it becomes a lot smoother of a path yeah. Um, so set the tone early. Kind of set the tone early and just let them know. Like I said, to be honest, like, hey, you know, things are going to go wrong. You're going to you're gonna mess up. You're going to make mistakes. But, you know, we got to take each one in stride yeah. and, you know, work to not fail again in that manner. Or yeah. that should be your goal, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So just kind of learn from, learn from your failures. Does yeah. cancel culture come into this, Fausti? I don't know. I mean, I always just try and uh, – Perspective is everything, right? You want balance. So I think realistic goals are always important. That's a first step at curbing um, of that. You know, you're trying to teach them that all the success comes from within. And the greatest examples that you can start to give are, you know, normally pick out professional athletes or whatever that they might respond to and the ones that have failed. And, you know, we talk about on this, how many times have I dropped the half of all NFL rosters are made up of undrafted free agents? I mean, come on. 
So. Does, uh, do you guys know the Michael Jordan story? He got cut from cut. a team. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he didn't make the fresh. As a freshman, he got cut. Yeah, is that yeah. is that relevant today, you think? I mean, if you told your players, hey, Michael Jordan, is that relevant? Is it too far past? I mean, Scotty Pippen was a stinking – Do they even know who Scotty Pippen is? Equipment manager. Probably not. On, no, um, I mean, he yeah. was an equipment manager it's on an AIA team. It's a different time. Yeah, that's what I mean. Now so, kids don't make the team, and generally across the board – they just quit. They're done. Yeah. They don't. They don't. Well, you know, take the off season or take that summer break to work or to try and you know come back and, and make the team. I just well, what the what's the difference? You go, what's the difference? And for me, it's they don't see the prize. It's not as important. What can what can it's always what can you do for me? Yeah. What can this team do for me? What can this sport do for me? You know, if I don't like it, I don't like it. You know. Stuff like that, right? I don't have fun or, you know, whatever. And they just – because it's easy, right? That's how you cope with failure. Like, well, it's not fun. So should I really be doing this if it's not fun? It's not making me happy? Because there's all this you should do what makes you happy culture. You should do what makes you happy and cut everything out. And anybody who doesn't conform to your lifestyle and you're this and you're that, cancel them out. Cancel everything out. Do what makes you happy. Put yourself first. You come first. All that crap. It's a load of crap. It's the most selfish thing I've ever heard in my life. Good job, Zach. Thanks right? for getting him on this tangent. Right? Sorry about it. Put Not you really first. Right. Hey, Dave, you got three kids. Yeah. So what place are you? You're at least. I'm 17th, I'm pretty sure. At least. After today at pole vaulting, where there's like 12 kids down there. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm way down the dick. Yeah, so every every parent alive is not first, Right. Every parent alive is not first. Yeah. But yet there's all this culture out there that's saying put you first because they're people that are, they're selfish and they don't they have, they've not experienced. Now you say every sacrifice. parent alive, but I kind of disagree with that. I see a lot of parents that well get sucked into their own personal. Be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. They should be. You know what I'm saying. And I'm not like thinking of any individual, but you see like midlife crisis where you right. know stuff just goes sideways. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, so yeah, it really yeah, makes yeah. you admire those parents that put in the work. And they sacrifice, and you can tell they're sacrificing. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, they, they they leave when they fail because there's not anything incentivizing them to stick it through. Yeah. Either they well, think the journey well, is, that a, too, is that a personal incentive, or is it something that they have to bring in from the outside? I think it's again, it's that culture of like you need instant gratification, and there's always something else, and there's always somebody else, and they say. <sighs> Forget him. There's a million fish in the sea. Forget her. There's a million fish in the sea and all that crap. I mean, just keep picking examples. And I think we hit on something sensitive here for oh, Coach here we Faust. Go. Here well, we I, go. Got, I ain't biting I on this. Have, <laughs> I ain't biting on this. I have something for what you just actually said. You asked, does cancel culture play into failure? And yeah. it, it definitely does because a lot of times nowadays what happens Look at that poor. When there is failure. That's a man cave poor. You know, he's been a bouncer before. I believe it. Hey, all wrestlers could go right in and be a bouncer. As the kids would say it, no cap. No cap. So anyways. Not even sus. (laughs) So anyways, what happens when there's a failure? Well, cancel culture blames it on somebody else. Yeah, yeah. They don't 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 take any personal responsibility or personal accountability uh, for the situation, and that happens all the time. Um, you know, how player, do we, how do player we stop A's that failure. As a culture? Player A's failure is 
Coach B's. Yeah, it's his. It's his. Like, yeah, it's his fault. You know, and you see that as a culture now, as you said. But how do you fix that? Because you're right. If you have player A that doesn't want to take responsibility for whatever, getting in shape, being prepared for the season, right. doing the work. Right, the right, right. I mean, we see this all the time. And you're and you're always looking and. Uh, there's a quote I never really understood until later in life. Said, "Just potential just means you're not worth anything right now," and that that's personal. If someone mm-hmm. told you that, if a coach and I had a coach, you know, tell me that, it's like, "Hey, a lot of potential. You're just not worth anything right now." Like, I don't even know what that means. Well, I read a bill. I've shared now. Bill I do. Be- I shared a Bill Belichick quote that said, "Talent sets the floor. Yeah. Character sets the ceiling. Yeah. Kind of goes hand in hand with what you're saying, <clears throat> but." To Zach's point, you know, here's a great example. So, cancel culture. Parent goes, I don't like how this is making me feel. My kid failed or they didn't get this or they didn't get that. Or I don't like how it's making my kid feel. And it's like, and so then they spin it, Mm -hmm. right? They put it in the spin cycle and they go, what are we teaching our kids? Yeah. This is is just a game. And it's like... You just can't handle pain, failure. You just want it to go away right now. Yeah. And you don't care at what cost. You yeah. don't care how. You don't care why. Make it go away. Stop right now. The same parents that when the kid cries, pacify, pacify, pacify. Yeah. Baby cries, pick it up. Kid wants kid wants the candy, give him the candy. Kid wants the screen, give him the screen. Right? Make it stop right now. Yeah, I can't yeah. handle it right now. Make it yeah. go away right now. Walmart syndrome. Cancel it. <clears throat> I tell you, I, I don't think it's going to get any better. I think we as a society have. Does the pendulum swing? Does it swing hard? I think so. I think so too. It'll come. I mean, so, they just have a I tendency mean, to. Yeah, they they circle back yeah, around. Cyclical. I just I don't know, man. So, right now, it's just it's rough. Right now, it's rough. It's re- honestly absolutely a hundred percent ridiculous. Everybody is quick to say things like you know fake news or uh, you know, and I'm not leaning any way politically. I'm just saying no, yeah. that tag has come over. It's all over the yeah, spectrum peop- of, of Yeah, life. people are using it yeah. in different ways but not saying those words, and they're just uh, throwing it out there. So that kind of leads down the road of you know, participation trophies. It drives me nuts when people get upset about participation trophies. Where do you guys fall? Let's see where you fall first. Agree or disagree? Participation trophies. I don't like them. Why not? Uh, you need to learn that you know, you're know going to suffer defeat. You're going to suffer loss. Things are not always going to go your way. Um, okay, Fausty. I just, I just I don't I don't. This is like a serious them. question. I don't like them. Oh yeah, I don't I don't. They think they should be given something, or given a prize even in failure. And you know, Fausty. like I said, sports apply to more than just like. It applies to more than sports. It okay. goes across the board. So you have uh, employees that think they should be given X just okay. because they show up to work, or they should be given a raise. Or yada yada yada, but in the reality is they don't do what they need to do to get the raise or get that job, okay. you know, a, a promotion or whatever. I don't. I mean, it, it applies you, everywhere. But sorry, you, you avoid with this but I don't like it. I don't like. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It, it promotes the bare minimum. Okay. Well, All let right. me ask you this: What does participation mean? It means you were there. You were there. Bingo. I mean. It doesn't there. mean you want anything. It just means you were there. Whatever. Why give it? Why? Why do you need? A trophy for being there. Some kids, the battle's just getting there. So, Some instances. So let's, but take, let's take the a board, kid. Though. Let's take a kid that's grown up on video games and then joins a rec soccer league. 
just getting no, there is a no, big battle. No, no, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. What no, about no, a foster no, no, kid no, 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 or a kid this, being raised by his grandparents? The battle is getting there. It's not saying they won anything. It's just saying they participated. This Congratulations. Is, you made it through eight weeks of rec soccer. You participated. Th- they're, okay. I had this conversation on... And this drives me nuts when like professional this, players... There's a professional linebacker. Somebody's like, my kids won't take it. You know, no joke. When you make $40 million a year, your kids really don't need that. When you're sending them to all these high-level camps, they don't need it. But what about the poor kid that... Listen. A battle's won I had this convers- there. had this conversation. Yeah, go ahead. At Thanksgiving, and it's the exact same conversation. Jessica Messina says she doesn't believe in me. Separate issues. Separate issues. Yeah. Okay. You're trying a participation trophy Mm -hmm. makes that failure. We talked about make it go away right now. What does it have to do with winning and losing? I don't understand. It's participation. Right. Well, because it's a trophy, which is a reward. It's a reward for participating. Yeah. Okay. So completely against because there's a lot. I'm not saying at the high school level you participated. There's a lot of bad coaches. There's a lot of bad coaches out there. Yeah. And that's one problem. Okay. What's that got to do with participation? But it's the responsibility of the coaches to teach the kids the principles, and you don't need a participation trophy to teach a kid the value in completing eight weeks of youth soccer. You say, "Hey, buddy." I'm really proud of you. You know, I know you never played before. You know, look how much you improved when you got here. Look, you couldn't even and look at look how oh, far no, no, you've no. come. So you want the coach to give a verbal reward, but you can't give a material reward. So yeah. your your objection is whether it's material or verbal, but you still want them to get the reward. I think. I don't think that's. So now you're on board with rewards. Why not just make it a trophy? It's tangible. Well, I don't. I don't think, I don't think a verb. I don't think uh, oh, yeah, encouragement praise. is a reward. It is praise is a reward mm. for sure. Positive reinforcement. Positive reinforcement's a reward. You betcha. You're know. doing a great job, Fausty. Yeah, uh, not for me. That, that was a positive. I think you're arguing. You're arguing semantics. No, I'm not. Every yeah, psychologist in the world would say praise is a reward. Mm. They use it every day. You use it every day as a coach. What are you talking about? Yeah, I don't think that. Um, so why is it? What was it? Matter if it's material or not. I just don't think like okay so Nick uh, Nick, Nick Senior Nick yeah. Smith I never liked receiving them as an athlete but I think it's nice to remember for members especially for children who won't continue said sport I agree um, and then uh, Ashley Bennett uh, participation trophies take away the importance of having a winning trophy life is about learning lessons and not everyone comes out on top in life not everyone gets trophies in life. okay you know what so I'll, like, bite. I'll Tyson bite Tyson says he's on your side Tom so I'll concede to you yeah the child doesn't understand the difference. So your your stuff is wrong. It's all flawed. The child it, doesn't understand the difference. They yeah, see the first place team. They see get it a as candy. They just see it as instant candy. Nah. But they don't understand that you telling them that you're proud. Like they don't see that in the same light. All right. There's so, just I just don't I don't so see that. So what if it's about the end goal? What's the mm. end goal for rec league soccer? Rec league soccer development. Okay. And what else? I just keeping them active. Fun. Active, healthy, okay. enjoying enjoying the game, learning the game. Yeah. Um, social, I mean, social interaction. Yeah, learning, learning to interact with one another. Okay. Physical development as well. It's rec, so okay. So that's it stands for recreational, recreational for fun, fun, leisure. Per- so participation is like a big thing. Yeah, I mean, I, it, I mean, do you want the most amount of kids out there, or you don't care? I don't care about quantity. Could care less about quantity. Oh, that's flawed. It's not. It is. No, I'm not trying to include everybody. I don't. I'm not about that. That's, that's no rec league soccer. No, you got to have as many as you can get out there. 
Okay, so like in an area like ours, you want as, as many as you can. Oh, yeah, for Especially sure. Especially because you're competing against other sports. You're competing against football. Yeah, you're competing it's against... It's a pyramid. But, you know, ideally you want to find just the right... I mean, if you imagine here in Point Pleasant soccer, how many kids you got in rec league? So if it's all for fun, then why does uh, there have to be, a, a, why there have to be any reward? Kids. So if you had 160 or 170, imagine if you only had 40. Hey. What are you going to have at the high school level? You don't get a reward for going to a freaking birthday party. Sure you do. You don't get, get a trophy. You don't Everybody get a tro- gets cake. You don't get a trophy for going to a birthday party. So every cake. fun thing in life that you have to do, you have to get a reward. No. You get cake. If it's all just for fun, you don't need a participation if trophy. If it's a good birthday party, you get cake and ice cream. I hate this And guy. sometimes the moms even give you little goodie bags. Take yeah. home. Because the trophy implies that something was earned. They participated. And that's not, you didn't earn anything by You did. There. You showed up. You participated. No. That's earning something. That's yeah, earning a pat are, on the back and come back again next year. A lot of times they're forced to show up. Hey. It doesn't matter how they get there, as long as they're there. Because, again, I'll, I'll, a pyramid. If you had 40 kids at the rec league level here in 10 years, your high school, you're going to have two kids. Yeah. So if you got 140 or how many did you say you had? Probably 160. So you get 160, now you're going to have 40 at the high school level. You know what would be cooler? Forget this guy. You know what would be cooler? <laughs> is if you had a league and you got like a little badge every year. For, 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 so then when you got through, you'd have all the bad, like the colors when you do the chords and like when everyone plays the recorder in elementary school or whatever. Yeah. But like not a participation trophy. It's all about the marketing. You just don't like because it's a trophy. I don't like the message. So what if it was a medallion? Like one of the little you know medallions you hang on your wall. It just That's says, hey, I participated. But you see what I'm like saying? Like a, like a patch. Yeah. You know, for, like you get it like in Boy Scouts. Earned, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 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 I'd you. be much more That'd be way fond cooler. of that. It's the same thing. Yeah, I it's think, really I think not. It, teaches. it is. It's really not. I'm, I'm in agreement with Tyson disagree. here. It's a dead argument next topic because right. uh, it's just gonna. Well, we could sit here and argue about this for a whole episode. I mean, your honestly. snowflake self wants to give out see, participation see, trophies to everybody. Now, since you're losing the argument because you know it's praise or not praise, <laughs> now I'm a snowflake. But anyways, for me, participation. Everybody, everybody gets defensive when they lose. So failure, failure leads to defense. I won't get defensive. I won't get offensive. But for me, <laughs> participation <laughs> trophies. Participation trophies are a hard no for me. Yeah. Hard enough. And that's it. That's all I have to say about it. So, okay. Do you think participation trophies have pushed sports and athletes further and better in a improved way, or have they regressed? They've improved it. You want that five and six year old to come back next year, and if you do anything other than want them to come back in the next year, you're failing. You do, but a good coach can make them come back even if they lose. Maybe. All right, well, Brazil's won four World Cups, and they never played. They never handed out a single participation trophy. So. Well, you know, Brazil has a lot of other issues. <laughs> yeah, the same. Well, Germany. Don't walk down Germany's the street not, Germany's Brazil, not handing out participation trophies. To me, they're, they're how do you know? They're not just because they didn't give you trophies. one doesn't mean they don't. Except to me, you can make it fun, and you can get the kids back We have zero World trophies. Cups, so there's that. Yeah. And it's the fault of participation trophies, is that what you're saying? No, there's a lot of other. Yeah, that's my point. Factors in play, but that whole mentality extends to everything. It doesn't have to. It's ruining this generation. It's it's that an idea that everybody has to get something always, and it, they don't. That's not. Life's not fair, and it's people aren't equal, and life's not equal. It's not reality. It's not. It's, we're so many generations away from that reality, even though we should be there. Fifty years ago, we're not. So you're setting, your kid, you're setting your kid up to fail by creating a false reality of what the world is, and it's not that at all. I think that's carried over into the workplace as well. Like, I see, I see this. 
I think there's so many variables to that that you guys are pinning on participation trophies, which I think is crazy because the workplace fails mainly because kids don't play sports. Every athlete that plays sports up through high school is usually fairly successful. Yeah, no, I agree with that, but I'm just saying, okay. like, that that mindset, though, like... But see, that's the whole I deserve point. something just for showing up to work today. Like, hold no, on, hold you got to actually do work. You, do you give your paycheck back on a bad day? No. Oh, but that. I'm sorry. I did misunderstood your logic there for some. I'm just saying, like, but I don't expect... <laughs> like, if I show up and do nothing, I'm not going to be like, oh... Are you I, sure? So if they don't, oh, hey, so if they don't participate for a day, they don't get their participation trophy, get out of here. Like, that's, that's all I'm saying. I just, I don't... You show up and have I a think, bad day, and like, I, think that, I think that principle is carrying over negatively into the real so world let's just say that you show up for work and something breaks because you didn't have like adequate maintenance does that person pay for that they or, might or they should i run a business in ohio it's a right to work state yes sir you can definitely pay for it well I'm just, all right so if uh somebody's driving a car work car and, you know, they get hit by a rock or whatever and run off a road. Hit a deer. Hit a deer. Car gets torn up. So they don't get much work done that day, plus the car's torn up. Do you say, all right, it's coming out of your paycheck? Probably have comprehensive insurance. Act of God. Next. Oh, okay. Well, there's different there's different variables. But if you just show up and don't do anything. So you're yeah, sick, you might lose your job. You're trying, yeah. yeah, you get written up, you might lose your Let's job. Let's just say you show up to work every day and do the bare minimum. Yeah. And then you have uh, – your coworker who shows up and goes above and beyond. Ooh, they get a raise that day. And eva- well, let's just say around evaluation times, you know, Billy Joe over here gets a a raise and you don't. Yeah. You know, I I have no right to be mad. In my opinion, if I show up and do the bare minimum, and I know that Billy Joe goes above and beyond, like I don't, I shouldn't get that hey, raise just for I, showing I, I up. Got, I got you, Zach. So there, somebody, there's a lot of people that thinks, do uh, cost of living raise because they participated longer because they've existed yeah, at a that, business yeah, that they thing. deserve a raise. Yeah, Trace says Zach would be returning a lot of checks. <laughs> 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 Roasted. Roasted. Dang, three likes on that too. Yeah, Man. but people come in. It happens all the time. Ashley, Michael, and Gary. Dang, especially at entry level, above entry level, hourly employees especially somebody yeah. will come in they do a great job they get a raise or they and they say what the heck you make 11 25 an hour i've been here five years and i only make 12 dollars an hour well you don't make more just for existing it's based on merit performance sorry and i bet it's they not- all go back and say time out when i was six i got a participation trophy yeah what has gone wrong here like, so i'm just saying those principles are being let me ask you this nah there had to have been a thought process a systemic a systemic thought process yeah. from an entire generation that thought philosophically we need this, and it wasn't just an isolated our sports need this. That's the philosophy that extends to your entire life, and that is why I hate participation trophies. Because it extends to your entire life. Because it was it's an entire way of thinking, an entire school yeah, it's of a thought mindset. that extends to everything, to your home, I disagree to your workplace. I don't think anybody looks at a participation trophy and says you're the best on the planet. No. And therefore, all these other things fall in place. I think every parent wants their kid to have it better than they do, so therefore they try to shield them from emotional distress. There's people who wanted COVID money because everybody else was getting it, and there's people who weren't. What? participation everybody gets something or somebody else got something i should get something what's the covid money all about i don't understand well, did we i miss a, out on getting COVID had, money what stimmy, happened did the they give out pope yeah six hundred dollars a week there's a whole bunch of people taking advantage of the system and other people were saying well i should where's mine where's mine i'm existing where's mine and they got punished for working or whatever i mean i'm just saying there's 
mentalities, and you can oversimplify and try and diminish a participation trophy and put it in a little vacuum and say it's not that significant, it doesn't extend to everything, but the philosophical decision for an entire league to say all of these children need this came from adults with a philosophy like that, and it didn't only stay in sports. It came from it, everything. It spread like elsewhere. Like cancer. Whether intentionally or not, it spread. And whether they want it to or meant it to, it spreads, and I think it spread. Man, I wonder if in the 60s they said the same thing about rock and roll music. Mm. The devil. Mm. And look what mean? happened hey, to your Mama says, <laughs> Mama says, Mama says participation goosebumps. trophies are the devil. So. <laughs> Listen, all I know is this. I'm just saying there's so many things. I've had a very, like, so we could have it our was rock and roll music. It was, you know, hashtag any, any new fad coming along. Yeah, I mean, rock and roll I, music ruined a culture. I've lived a I've lived a very fortunate life. And he says he's with hashtag Faust Fact on this. Nice, I lived a fortunate life. Yeah, you know, I started every game from the time I was a freshman. Yeah, and I've never played. I've rode the bench the whole time. I'm not dressed right, and I know what it's like to not want for anything within reason. Yeah, and I know what it's like to have twelve dollars and have to deliver pizza with degrees. So I mean. This is not coming from somebody that's like, oh, well, it's easy for you to say because X, that natural kid, that at natural athlete, the participation trophy means nothing to Hold them. Hold on. Did you get a participation trophy when you grew up? They started handing those out when I was about. I disagree. I got participation trophies 30-some years ago. My Actually, t- 40 years my ago. My T-ball league did not hand out participation trophies when I was four and five in Mason County when I was playing. Yeah, but I'm saying if you got one before. I did. It was started to become a lot more common, at least here. How did you keep it from ruining your life? Well, I think it did for a long time. <laughs> Listen to this. You were just talking about how how you're successful. But yeah. you had that participation trophy. I mean, you've heard me talk about up to about 16, you there. 16, 17. I was a very toxic athlete oh, and child. I can remember getting some. Okay. Um whew. And you made it out alive. You must be one of the fortunate few. <laughs> I made it out alive, but you know what I did with those participation trophies? Doesn't matter. I got rid of them because I knew it's participation. You didn't I anything. knew they didn't mean anything. My, yeah. I was, you know, the way that I was raised, I knew that they didn't mean anything, and you know, it was always, you know, you need to strive for better. So, you know, I don't want this sixth place trophy so would um let's assume you go into the state championship game you win one of the players didn't play a minute do they get a trophy yeah they're part of the they're team. part of the team that was the practice oh, they participated <laughs> that's a totally that's totally different ball game in my this opinion crazy that's just, night and just day. Bring i know i know you're just playing the devil, up, you're playing the devil's yes. advocate here i know so that's when fine. they're in a training session literally driving the first team to be better you know yeah, yeah. they're just as important you know, your JV wrestlers in the wrestling room, yeah. they are, you know, they're working with a varsity guy, or they're working, they're pushing. No, I agree wholeheartedly. So like, you don't have, if you don't have a good second team, you definitely yeah, have Yeah, yeah, so like, yeah, like, so I see what you're doing here, mm-hmm. and I, I respect it. all the time. It, and I appreciate it, but. I'm, I'm really good at no, that. You're, but you're, that's a good question. Like, that's a good question, <laughs> but it just doesn't. Stern like, thought, man. That's Stern different thought. in my opinion. A little bit. But yeah. But I mean. But no, yeah, I see what you're doing there, so. They didn't get a state championship because they existed. You know, does the manager get anything? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Interesting. 
I mean, now we got a trophy. What, what do they get then? Pat on the back? You did a good job. We take If we get a state championship, we're taking care of everybody because we understand how important they are to our program. Yeah, every individual so people that participate are important they're not they're not just participating they're not just participating they are contributing to the success uh, participants so they're contributors there's a big difference there. oh baloney all right anyway moving on an hour and seven minutes into this deal and you guys have drugged me so far off topic there's so many kids the failure so deep too though so like we knew i agree we, we yeah, knew yeah. we were going to get Attend- down into hey, a rabbit attend- hole attendance ain't participation so if we're going to argue the semantics on what participation I is, I disagree. Oh, no, I agree. You can show up, but you can not participate. Facts. Just because I'm sitting, Facts. if I'm sitting in class with my headphones in, yeah, and there's but a lesson there. going on, but I'm not participating. You're not there. participating, but you're there. I'm there. Here's the difference: you can't learn anything if you're not there. A good college professor not only makes you can participate in the class, but you have to contribute something yeah. of value. Mm-hmm. A good college professor, yeah, I agree. But what about an average one? No, and I no. know some college professors. Me too. Yeah. Well, Hashtag Faust Fact. I'm a single leg takedown this man. <laughs> I don't think so. I've seen you wrestle. It's a good thing you're not in Ceremania. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm I kinda, you know, i got a secret wish that I kind of hope Zach drags you into Ceremania. He does not want this work. <laughs> He'd be on him like a spider monkey. All right, hold on. Michael Haney says... He was getting participation trophies. He's glad the Marine got that mentality out of me because it would have been detrimental in my life. Uh, yeah, that's a tricky one, though, Michael. I mean, being a Marine's a whole different ballgame than playing rec soccer. I mean, that, that's lives at stake. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that one. Marines should not get necessarily a participation-type attitude. Well, why not? Because it's a win at all costs. Uh-huh. So your children... But he packed them into storage. So your children's values aren't win at all costs? It's all right. No, it's not. And how they contribute to the planet. At six so. and seven, no, it's not win at all costs. Didn't you? Aren't you the one who's told me about all the values that kids learn by mm-hmm. four? Learn or? most of their ethics and values mm-hmm. by four years old, like sixty percent, and then they learn eighty. By we like ain't went on. We ain't on failure. Where's the failure? Yeah. Reel it back in. Reel it back in. Like I said, failure is such a deep rabbit hole. It is. It's a deep rabbit hole. It's a rabbit hole. Once you go down it. So yeah, anyway, so, we'd if they, so let me ask you this. If they experience... participation trophy out of your hands. It, if they get the smack-in-the-face failure in rec league, will they come back? Or how do you get that rec league team that just gets beat up through eight weeks of soccer, how do you get them to all come back? It's or right. to get most of them to come back? How do you, how do you reel them in? You've made sure that you've made it competitive and fun the whole way through. That's not what I asked. That's, that's what do you tell that team? Hey, it was competitive. It was fun. You lost eight straight games. But it was yeah. competitive. It was fun. Yeah, we had fun. We got better. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying you as a coach. I'm saying you as like a general. league manager. You walk uh-huh. over to that team that just got spanked all season. That's how the cookie crumbles, man. That's what you tell them? That's yeah. what you tell a six-year-old? Hey, your cookie got crumbled. Yeah. They probably care for about ten minutes anyway. I think but, I mean, I've coached. You kind of generalize that one out. Yeah, you definitely made it. If the In ten minutes, you'll fun, feel better, punk. In practice, it's fun. They've had a fun season. They'll get over the end result. Get on with it. So what are we supposed to do? Just protect them from every bad feeling, every sad no, feeling? No, I'm not saying protect them. I'm Jesus. just asking what you do. Like I said, you make it, you make it as fun as possible for the kids. There's with nothing the you do in that moment, really. With the games, you know, with defeat, you have to give good post-game yeah. um, talks. You have to, you know, instill lessons. Even at an early age, even, you know, U6, 
U seven. You so gotta sprinkles are for winners. You just gotta you gotta learn how to. Um, hey, we had fun. I can't wait to coach you guys again. Yeah, Let's like, get them next we'll, year. We'll come you know, back. We're gonna we'll come back. Harder. We're gonna get better. We're gonna have and fun, and we're gonna win. As we've discussed in overtime, mm-hmm. yeah, you can never go wrong with a little ice cream at the end. So, so now, now you are getting rewards for losing. No, but just make that make, pain go away with a little ice cream. Oh, Kids geez. like ice cream. Oh, get a little geez. mini blizzard. Everybody make them make them flip it. Make them flip it at the DQ. But they remembered that though. That's that's basically that a participation and that award. Get, well, you participated. We had fun. Here's an ice cream. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't no, last as long as a trophy. <laughs> that's all. Is that it? If it it's does not tangible. Than, when it, it goes away. It's okay. It does better than a trophy. <laughs> it probably does, but so, it, that's the same thing. Nah, it's a different. It's a different. It's They're a both different. rewards. One's just yeah, lasts. One. One just gets put away with Michael Haney's, and the rest of it. One's so much more concrete than the other. I agree. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. I know. You don't want concrete. I will say, you know, before hey, we hey, give me a little cheers. Give I don't know how cheers. I don't know how much longer we're, we're gonna be it. on uh, for the first episode, but <clears throat> I don't know if you have any other questions. But one statement I want to make, and maybe you were <laughs> gonna get to this at some point. I don't know, but I think a major problem that uh, you know coaches at especially secondary levels um, have with failure is they just they hash on the failures too much. Yeah, I agree. They, Man, that that's a big they're statement. They're so so negative uh to the athlete like you know no as in a positive that's like, a big positive statement like you know yeah i know johnny strikes out with bases loaded um looking mm-hmm. you know after mm-hmm. after the coach telling him okay it's a fastball coming like yada 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 he knows the fastball's coming doesn't just doesn't swing just because he for whatever reason they rehash on the negative yeah on the negative moments or you know he gets gets uh Gets caught sleeping at third base and he gets picked off to end the game. Yeah, like they're you know they're they're hashing on the negative moments yeah. so 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 much. Like the kid knows he messed up. Oh yeah. Like you know in the moment, like are you going to be mad at the kid? Probably because that you know secondary sports they're what competitive. You're playing mm-hmm. to win, but like it doesn't do you any good to berate yeah. the kid over and over and over and over and over again um, because the damage has already been done by their mistake. Yeah. So like I said earlier, you got to make them learn from the mistake. Yep. Whatever the situation may be. And I say that's a big statement because parents do it as well. So, oh, yeah. So a kid will take a beating from the coach and their teammates. And then on the car ride home, they, they got to hear it again. Yeah. Yeah. As so if the parent's going to be there. They get three coach. doses yeah. at least, maybe yeah. more, I depending know. on who else. And the kid should, first off, know what age demographic you're coaching. Yeah. Know the individual child. But then also, as far as like the level of anger and frustration goes... Um, if it's not something like disciplinary, mm-hmm. lack of work rate, something a really bad core principle, but like they made a mistake, they let off too, the lead off was too big, yeah. or they got nervous and didn't swing and got caught on, you know, they got struck out. I think it's super. I've in my experience, athletes have responded the best when. You know how they say when you get angry with somebody, like, wait 24 hours? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. If you're fortunate enough and it's not the final game of the season, when you can say, hey, so the other night, remember when you got picked off and, you know, we lost? Like, that really sucked, didn't it? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, how'd you feel after that? Like, I didn't feel good, right? Or maybe they don't realize they made a mistake. So then you say, if they say, well, what are you talking about? You're like, you know, you kind of, you cost us the game. Everyone was pretty disappointed. You know, we worked so hard to win that game, and, and we didn't. And, you know, the, there's an entire game of mistakes that happened, but that was, you made a mistake too. You that know, just we, happened to be the last one? Right, and we had an opportunity 
you know, you had an opportunity for us to win. So it's like, hey, what can we do, right, to make sure that doesn't happen again? That's like, an- you don't want to feel that way again, do you? And you're like, no, I don't. It's like, okay, so what, what can we do? Invite the other side to collaborate, and you'll have yeah. a lot more success. I worry about that approach, though, just from the fact that there had to have been 10 other plays that cost them the game. That just happened to be the last one. So does it all hinge on, you know, that's kind of like blaming the goalie for the goal if no, the defense I, blew it. I get what you're saying, but see, in that... So I, I just think that parents aren't careful enough. I, I don't think parents are. Yeah, because they're but always see, like, oh, that costs us a game. Well, man, I don't know. Hit 10 more hits in the first inning. That's a deep inning. rabbit hole as well. Yeah, right, you know, but get 10 more hits in the first inning. But the kid... <clears throat> yeah, it takes that out of it. It's still going to feel it regardless. Yeah, no. Oh, they feel it. That's because what I'm saying. Because of the Why drama like, And so it's still an opportunity. <clears throat> how you argue... You know, how you feel about the semantics. It's like, hey, yeah. you know, that was one of the mistakes that led to us not winning the game. You know, yeah, hey. I agree with that. That was That's the last one. one. Hey, that was the last one. And I know to you, you think that it's all your fault. Hey. And then give them anecdotes. Yeah. Kids don't like fluff either. Yeah. When you give them the anecdotes, you say, hey, do you remember when Timmy, right? Timmy was just swinging. Remember that? He swung at everything on that second at bat, right? Gone. Right, so and so tried to steal in the third inning. Remember that, and he got tagged out. It was a hor- he shouldn't have stole, should he? No, that was a really bad steal. Remember, we yelled at him for that. You know, yeah. somebody tried to do a sack fly and it was bad, or what? You know what I mean? You can keep oh, yeah, going yeah, on, yeah. on, on, and you say, "Hey, so listen, son, we made all of those plays could cost us the game, but you know, yours is going to feel the worst because it was in front of everybody at the very end. What can we do to prevent it? Blah 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 blah. You know, yeah." But then you can still have conversations with the team and say, hey, you know, especially 10-year-olds or 9-year-olds or whatever, you say, hey, you guys probably think that it's all Jimmy's fault because he let off on third at the end of the game last night and he got tagged out and we lost. It's like, but how many of you made a mistake last game? Yeah, how many errors? You know, there was a couple errors. A drop fly ball in the third inning led to – you know, an extra run being scored that would have been the third out, something like that. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. yeah. Or how many of you didn't get a good hit? Yeah. Shared accountability. Yeah. The shared accountability still puts accountability on each athlete, but it can sometimes lessen those monumental mistakes to the point that they can be coped with mm-hmm. and managed with. So instead of, because what happens, right, is they can go down, they can develop the fears of failure, they can develop lack of self esteem, lack of confidence, toxicity. But the one that I always think is the default, or at least for most people, turns into me versus you. Yeah, I agree with that. Because that's in car rides home, and I'll be the first to admit, you know, when I first got into travel soccer with my kids, really hard for me not to coach them in the car on the way home. Because mm-hmm. being a coach, I was always like, hey, let's talk about what you need to improve. And that mentality is toxic. Woo. Because now they don't want to listen. Mm-hmm. And I saw it. I saw their eyes glaze over, and I was like, crap. I just yeah, lost like, them. So now like, nothing I say is going to matter. And that that's a tough tough so, deal to understand. So, so something I like to do, like, and with wrestling, you know, you're it's an individualized sport. So like, and you're also in front of everybody. So like, you know, everybody's watching you mm-hmm. individually. They see every single mistake that you make over the course of the match. If they're you know if they're paying attention, so like, you know, we may go out and wrestle a match and we may be winning. You know, we're controlling the match. Yada yada yada. The kid does something really crazy, stupid. Gets uh, rolled. Gets rolled. Gets pinned. Yeah. Like, you know, I will see a lot of other coaches, like, take those kids off to the side of the mat, and they will just absolutely get in their face. They're yelling at them, like, you know, you cost us the duel, yada, yada, yada. So, like, you know, we will we speak 
minimally to the kids about their mistakes, especially right after a match. So, like, what we like to do is, you know, we, we give them a, a, little, a good little pep talk after the match, okay? And then, you know, the next practice, we do all of our coaching up. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. I'll say, like, hey, like, <clears throat> what did you, so what did you think about your match? Because by that time, they've had, a you know, at least a day uh, to ponder on it. Maybe, you know, if it was a Saturday, they've had two days. Uh, you know, that's I a I kind of real... let them have some self-awareness yeah. of the situation. I like to hear what they think of the situation, what their, you know, opinion on the matter is. And then we, you know, coach them up. We make yeah. the adjustments that are necessary. Like, you know, well, maybe in this situation, like, you know, we probably want to try to do this instead or, you know, at this point in the match if we're winning by that much, like we don't want to take – you know, crazy risk, or we don't yep. want to do something that's going to put us in a position to well, to fail. So. Stick to the relevance, though, just for a second, of in the moment. I mean, especially wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, or even soccer, like go back to the semifinals, you know, at the very end of that game, the emotions are off the chart. Yeah. You know, what conductive talk are you going to have when everybody's in such an emotional state mm-hmm. where a wrestler just got pinned yeah. or, you know, they're coming off the mat. What, you know. How you do can't. you how do you deal with the relevance of that situation yeah, I mean, just, yeah. versus like you, you said taking twenty four hours and then being like okay let's think back through this with some I'll say rational thought just because the emotions are so high. Mm-hmm. Well, my advice to parents and coaches is when a kid makes a public mistake, it's especially blatantly obvious. Yeah, like so, a kid gets rolled. He's yeah. winning a match. He gets rolled. He gets pinned. Yeah, uh, kid misses an open goal. Um, Easy layup, yeah. pick one. And uh, if you don't think that that kid knows that they screwed up, you're an idiot yeah. and you're a moron. Yeah. And so to harp on it instantly after, it's literally it's cruel. Yeah. It's just like kicking a dog when they're down. And also you can say, well, you just talked about I had to learn to not try and coach my kids and the car, blah, blah, blah. But what, ha- what do you do as a parent or a coach after a game when a kid wants to, v- let's use the word vent, yeah. They want to talk about it. What do you do? Okay. My advice is listen. And you can respond the next day. Mm-hmm. Say, you know what? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Let me think about that. I need to think about that. Mm-hmm. Let me think about that some more. You know? And then the next day, you can say, hey, you know those things we were talking about in the car last night? How do you feel about those? You still feel pretty strongly about that? And they're like, yeah, man, honestly, so and so did this. Coach screwed me over, blah, 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 blah. It's like, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. And they'll be like, okay, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. They're going to be open now. You can now have a less walls up conversation. Yeah. And that, you know, with kids, my gosh, they're so volatile. They are. Chip says you got to speak up. <laughs> Ian and here in the world's loudest yeah. B dubs. That's and, his uh, mistake is going to be. He's, he's trying to get it broadcast over to go elsewhere. Um, but yeah, man, like I so said, that's, How that's cool a, would that be? That you is, know what we need to do? We need to have a broadcast party and go to the village or somewhere where they'll, Flip it up on the screen. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be sick. But somebody, if somebody just had like a connection to the village. <laughs> I know. I got to get that taken care of. <laughs> you know, it's not like you're in middle wrestling season. I right know, now. man. I know. Mm. But yeah, like, like speaking on that, like that's, um, that's the biggest thing I see, man. Like with these coaches, they just, in the moment, they're just yeah. all over the kids. It's like, so hard to control yourself. We had a couple years ago, we were wrestling, um, well, at a tournament in Charleston, I believe. It was a big dual tournament. And yeah. We, uh, you know, that was a year we went undefeated in duels, undefeated in tournaments, won, you know, the middle school championship, the WSAZ. Uh, and a, a parent had stopped me in the hall 
It's randomly. And um, Coach Freeze, throw the scarf, get loud. Now, that's two officials. That's a little different. But uh, a parent stopped me and commended our staff yeah. for the way that we carried ourselves, you know, when kids lost and yeah. how we didn't, you know, like I said, verbally berate them or, like, even show, like, poor body language on our end. They're like, body you know, is you guys do it. Yeah. You do your coaching in the wrestling room. You know, you correct mistakes in the wrestling room. So that I, that was yeah. really like cool to have someone like said no clue who the lady was. Yeah. Um. You know, not no idea what school she was affiliated with. Didn't have anything on that would make me know what school she was from. But I thought that was pretty a pretty cool moment for her to 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 you know commend us for the way that we the way that we did things. Yeah. So that's awesome. You know, yeah. and and that brings me to a point. Has nothing to do with failure necessarily. But since Coach Freeze is listening and Chip as well. I came across a uh, – actually, I had a friend because I was venting a little bit to him, and uh, he sent me a little deal, and it was uh, from I Love to Watch You Play or some sports you know, deal. But it said it was a letter that somebody had pinned to the coach, and they said, listen, I know there's a lot of you know crap or whatever. I, I'm going to paraphrase here a lot, but I know you've heard a lot of bad stuff from parents lately, but let me know – let me let you know – that there is a lot of good parents that just aren't speaking up because, you know, the good parents don't feel like they have to, mm-hmm. and the bad parents feel like they have to because that's their way of, you know, trying oh, yeah. to address whatever the loud they feel minority. about. Yeah, loud minority, oh, yeah. basically. So it was a nice little, neat little letter. And um, so I'll ask you, you two as coaches, Coach Chip, feel free to chime in, Coach Freese. Is that the case? I mean, is that the case that you guys, from your own personal experience, do the loud – are, are the loudest parents the ones that are negative, or do you get enough Typically. positive feedback? I don't need positive don't, feedback. No, 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 didn't ask you if you needed it. I'm just asking what you get. Um, and Coach Freeze, uh, I want an answer out of you, Coach Chip, because I know you know Chip coaches track as well, um, and I know you're coaching wrestling mm-hmm. as well, Coach Sarah. And then Fausti, you have two teams you manage. Do you get positive feedback even at the adult level? Yeah, do I, you get it? And is it enough? Yeah, we get. I get. We get positive feedback, um, but you obviously get more negative feedback. Uh, or at least what in what my percentage? Experience. Let's do a percentage just to get a gauge. Let me say this. Yeah, you get ten times the amount of indirect negative feedback yeah. than you do direct negative feedback, and you know positive feedback you get it so indirect meaning that they didn't say it directly to you right. it, it's coming like third person or just in or passive from aggressive the stands or right. all that kind of stuff yep yeah so 10 times it's so, definitely enough i don't know you don't do it for well no, no coach ever does and i'm not asking you to try to pinpoint you know why it's personal to you i'm just asking like straight data what percentage is negative? What percentage is positive that you get yourself in, get, in any direction? I get a lot of positive feedback, but that's just because I think that the thing that makes this staff special is our ability to coach individuals collectively. And parents see that. And so they feel like, you know, what you talked about every kid like loves us or the embellishment of the community, all that stuff, right? Well, it's because like, Every kid feels like they're a favorite, and every parent feels like their kid is getting favoritism, is, getting is extra, special. Getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we treat them all uniquely. Yeah. So we talk, you know, I hate the word fair. I always talk about, you know, at, at my place of business and on our team, everybody gets treated well. Right, good. right, right. Some people get treated better yeah. than good. But good for everybody would be fair, right? 
unfair is not somebody gets great and somebody gets good. That's not that's not what that word's supposed to be used for, right? And I think that our parents see that, yeah, there are a couple kids that get more attention, normally for reasons that really suck, right? Yeah. So that athlete that has the broken home yeah. gets more mentorship, one-on-one conversations from one or multiple members sure. of the coaching staff. And my rebuttal is always, would you want your, would you would you trade your child places with that child? Yeah. The answer is always no. But we have typically good parents, and they see that. And you know what's crazy? They support it and they hop on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They jump on the train. They say, yeah. "Hey, that kid, we really, it really." I've had parents come to me, and Zach. You know, we always go for the misfits, like like uh, Chip said, right? We always go for the stray dogs. And I've had parents give me feedback that says, "Hey, it's really great to see." you guys with this player it's not their child right you know what i'm saying so, so i think we do we definitely get tons of positive feedback but i think that we're maybe an exception maybe an exception we'll slap, how... slap a percentage on it so that we can get a good way in from coach freeze i mean generally across the board man i would say hmm. and, right, and, I, you're, and you're talking like i want you both to individually come up with your own percentage you're talking true percentage like either yeah like 60 40 neg- okay. 50 50 where we at here? i would say Man, across the board, just based off of things that like, like I'll hear when I'm in a basketball game up in the stands. Sure, anything. Or like at a football game in the stands. I mean, wait, man. you go watch football and basketball? I support all Point Pleasant athletics. By golly, I went to my first middle school girls basketball game and boys basketball game last week. Yeah, cool. I support. I support all Point Pleasant yeah. athletics. So, kind of um, crazy, kind of crazy. Man, it's definitely more negative than positive. Okay, um, by how much? Have you thought about this before? Like, have you said, man, I'm just getting beat up the negatives? Has that ever I think at some point. Up? Or I do think you just ignore point, it and go on because you're I think at some point we've gotten, or I've gotten, positive feedback in some way, shape, or form from 80 or 90% of parents on a team at any given rolling time. Okay. So on in you particular posi- instances, you're getting a lot of positive feedback. But what's it outweighed? Is it, again... Fifty percent negative, fifty percent positive. Where do you kind of fall on that scale? I don't know. You just get so you just get, have to deal I'm with trying to so think, much it's a of broad, that indirect. It is, but just there. give a gut, give your gut instinct. I mean, you know, we're not talking about true analysis here. Just I'm two thirds. I'd say sixty forty. Yeah, something like that. That's which honestly, which. I mean, sixty negative, okay, forty positive. And you're saying yeah, I think right that's there. a I think that's a fair. All right, so across coach, the board, I think that's fair. Coach Chip, Coach Freeze, chime in. Or anybody else that's watching that wants to chime in. You know what? That's a good point. Even if you're not one of the coaches that we're talking to here right now, if you're listening in, yeah, we want chime in your opinion. Yeah, we what want, you think it. We is. want interaction from all of our yeah. listeners. Because I mean, so like, if you have an opinion, like let's hear it, and we can discuss. Like it, it, it opens up much more opportunities for us to discuss here. Because yeah, so. I'm biased because uh, I've been a coach, I've mm-hmm. been a parent. You know, my kids play on a serious travel team, so I'm very. I pay attention to what the coach what interaction the coach gets mm-hmm. on our travel team, especially just because it's important yeah. right. to me. And uh, I think, I think 60, 40, that would be my, that'd be my opinion. I would say my last coaching gig, it was like 80, 20. Really? Yeah. Well, a lot just of places, because yeah, I mean, we weren't a good team, you know, and you're dealing with a bunch of misfits and a bunch of parents that are not educated in soccer, mm-hmm. you know, so they didn't know any better and that well, made it really hard. Well, All right, the funny so, thing is how far winning goes. Oh gosh. Yes. So, 
Coach Reese says 60-40 negative to positive is okay. Our previous staff is very much 75-25. And then transitioning from the stands as a parent to the staff hasn't been easy for many reasons. I think the trust is there and the majority trust us. So that it's interesting that he, he plays trust into it. And I yeah. kind of agree mm -hmm. with you. Once you kind of get that culture of trust and then the wins start to come, then it starts to level out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Do you feel well, like that's well, the they case? Can, they can see when the kids enjoy it. Yeah. And ultimately – that's super important. That's an important factor. It's not the most important thing that the kids enjoy it, but, really? you know. I'm so tempted to throw in a participation trophy that the kids just enjoy the snot out of. Mm. Yeah, get one of those. Get anyway, out of, out of. all right, so Coach Reese, thank you very much. And, again, uh, anybody else, you know, give your perception here. Maybe, maybe you see something from the stands that the coaches here don't see. Yeah, we don't hear everything. So. Yeah, well, I mean, some you know, things we hear, and it's funny because, like you so. said, Coach Faust, indirectly you'll mm -hmm. hear stuff because oh, yeah. parents oh, will say or what, see stuff. Yeah, parents will say stuff in the stands to each other. Well, and be like I would just tell them, but then well, when the yeah. rubber meets the road, they do not walk down. Twenty twenty one. A lot of times you'll see a uh, little uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook Facebook warrior. post got yeah. some underlying. Yeah. Oh, you can gosh, tell. Yeah. And, Everybody you know, loves the keyboard warrior. Put on that shield of armor and sit there. You'll see a lot of stuff. Blanket over your legs as you're watching as you're watching the voice. Yeah. Yeah, you see a lot of stuff on social medias now, subtweet or a sub crazy. or a sub Facebook status, and you know, like I said, it is what it is. But I, and we typically, I don't see that much out of out of our um, program. Like I said, we've developed, thankfully, a good program. We have yeah. a good culture in place. Yeah. Um, and you know, anytime there is anything uh, negative, usually. You know, they well, come. Well, they come to us. They come directly to us, and yeah. they'll talk in and private instead of getting on Facebook and bashing us. Let's like, uh, oh. let's pose that same thing to Coach Freeze. So, Coach Freeze. Um, so do you think it's because we're a rural community here that's kind of isolated? Like we're, 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 we are our own little town with some space. So therefore it's maybe in my mind, a tighter knit community versus where coach Freese is down in more of an urban area. Does that, does that play into it? You think? And I hate to say it, it's not like community pride. It's, it's the just, same double-edged sword. So when you yeah. know everybody and you know everyone personally, either the personal stuff works against you or it works for you. Yeah. Well, that's Coach Reese had a good point here. He says, Chip probably understands this as well. We don't know what the heck we're doing, especially if we lose. But if we win, the players got it right in spite of the goofy coaches. Oh, that's a foul stack right there. I 100% agree with that. Like. <laughs> that's so crazy to think oh, that you see that across that, that level, that but you do. Oh, yeah. That's it's, a great point. It's crazy. I mean, the players pulled it is. out. They had a great play and, you know, nailed yeah. a goal, and the coaches yeah. had it all wrong. Anyway. Yeah, they didn't know. Yeah. Them guys didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. They, they should have put them up front anyway. Yeah, a bunch so of idiots. A bunch of idiots yeah. over there on the sideline. But, yeah, no, that's, that's – Or they waited till the 60th minute. They should have done that from the start. Why didn't they start them up there? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. Let me write a thousand-word essay on why that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, but, no, that's a spot-on statement. That's 100% yeah. accuracy by Coach, by Coach Freeze there. Yeah, that's crazy. Chip's probably – And sometimes we get lucky. Chip's probably already thrown his phone in. Uh, he's probably he's probably does. down on some down on some boneless wings. I, I, I feel Chip <laughs> is probably a boneless wing guy. Uh, is unfortunately, he? no, he's probably a traditional wing guy. Huh. Let's take bets. We need to. I need to figure Tradi out how to do traditional goals. is the way to roll. Is it? By the way, that's how yeah. Tyson takes his wings. I was impressed. That's the proper way. Raiders were boneless. Yeah, that is the proper. A wing is. is I had cauliflower wings, so get some of that. Vegetarian. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I like okay. cauliflower wings. But I love them. It's good. But yeah. Burn in is the way to go. So what else you want to know about failure, Dave? Oh, gosh. Well, I feel like there's, you know, as Coach Sarah and you both have pointed out, it's such a rabbit hole when you go down that hole to where you end up and where you could go. 
And this is another one. Let of me those. let me check my notes here. So. I was gonna say this is another one of those that could have a part two. Easy. At some point. We oh, got gosh. like we got three solid part twos oh, that yeah. we could do. Yeah. What's your uh, favorite part about failure? <laughs> Ashley, Ashley, Ashley Suzanne now. says they're broadcasting the Heck yeah. clowns to TV now. So um, you guys need dollies. Funko Pops. <laughs> uh, so what was that, Tom? Favorite part of failure? What's your favorite part about failure? That's a softball pitch. Or soft pitch, whatever you call it. How so? Learning from it. I know what you're going to say. The opportunity um, to learn from it. No, it's overcoming. Be very specific. I mean, I know that's kind of like, you know... I, I've I've listened to you both, Coach, and you're always, always going to say, hey, we're going to learn from this. We're going to get better. I've never seen you guys try to spin it any other way. Now, granted, I've only been around you one season. but yeah. Dave, what's your favorite part about failure? Same thing. Yeah, you know, there, there's a poster of a lion somewhere I saw, and it says either I, I fail, but I always learn or something like that. But it's just the case of you don't just fail and quit and walk away. You You'll get, only you fail better. if you don't learn anything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So we're all in the same. Like I said, now. it's you can learn from it yeah. in any instance, but you know, a lot of times it requires more than just being self aware of what. So like, it yeah. requires you to you know. Well, it's only failure if you quit, right? Well, I'll be honest. I'll give you the uh, my. But favorite. like, you can fail. Like, you could fail, um, due to a lack of some sort of ability. So like, let's say that yeah. let's say that you're a basketball player and you have a terrible three point shot. Mm-hmm. And you know you could fail because you made bad choices. Well, yeah, but let's just let's yeah, just look at like three. let's look at let's look at this from like a talent perspective. Like I think like like my favorite part is like you know you got a kid that you know can't shoot the three in the state championship game. Time's running out. Has to chuck up a three. Like I said, can't shoot worth a lick. Fails because he loses the game. That's a and failure to put him in that situation. Well, but it's a desperation well, moment, though. So let's okay. just, but let's just say, like, just say it happens. Yeah, yeah. But like, okay, so like, and the guy's like, man, you know, if I was a better three point shooter, like maybe we, maybe we win. So mm-hmm. the kid works all off season he's in the gym, draining threes. Um, comes back next season, you know, doubles his three point percentage, and that pushes the team to that next level, and, yeah. they, and they win. So like overcoming, yeah, um, opportunity to overcome, overcoming what was you know causing you to fail previously like that's my favorite yeah. part like i said because you can because you can know and he was probably self-aware already that he was a bad three-point shooter yeah but he did something about it he improved he you know went out and actually acted upon that and expanded i got so. a crazy side tangent so i watched the middle school girls basketball team play they played hurricane hurricane probably shot 10 three-pointers and sunk them I mean, one girl I know had was four out of five mm-hmm. when I could keep up with yeah. the stats. Holy cow! At middle school, hammering yeah. threes, yeah. it's crazy. That's what yeah. basketball is nowadays, man. Yeah, it's just it running. It's gun. unreal. They don't run offenses no more. They don't. It's just. I know. It's just dribble, dribble, dribble. Chuck up a chuck up a. They shot. weren't chucking. They were shooting. Them. Well, but you know what I mean. I mean, like, yeah, it wasn't luck. It's all run and gun. Like oh, it's crazy. Like said, they don't run. And they don't run set plays. It's just. I mean, pick and roll. A middle schooler. Well, Check yeah. out the three. It's crazy. Hammering threes. It's unreal. I think anyway. my favorite part about failure, it's, it's a really selfish one. Yeah. It's the stimulation. Um, so, like, you go out and you start a business. Okay. Let's say. I'm just going to say this is an unfair question to you. Sure. So, you go out and you start a business and right away just takes off. Yeah. Right. Feels good. 
But when you go out and you start your business and nothing. Right. Nothing. You have to fight it. Nothing. And it takes you a year or two years or whatever to even get going. When you reach that aha moment, there's nothing that beats that. You know, the greatest example that I can ever think of of that actually for for me as an individual was this year, um, this past season. You know, when we um, when the clock finally goes to go to the Final Four, for me that was um, as an individual probably the most successful moment of my life. Yeah, it was eleven years of failure and the journey I'm not so narrow minded to be like oh we got to the final four woohoo it was knowing everything that went in to that moment right the tension release is literally so indescribable it was euphoric I couldn't even yeah like like one of those things like oh dream come true like it was literally that like when Braxton scored the goal and again, when you've been doing this long enough, you know when the game's done. We looked at each other and said... I mean, I instantly had knew. reacted in a way that I had never reacted to anything in my life. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was by, I was right beside him, and like I had never seen that out of Tom. Like, yeah, ever. yeah. But yeah, like, we I, knew. We knew. We looked at each other. We knew that that was it. And like I said, when the clock struck zero, yep. Like I can't... Especially from a sports perspective, like... That feeling's never been... And, like, all the falling short... Never been matched. All the yeah. adversity, all the frustration, all the tears from all the other classes and, and the other kids and, like, doing it with Zach and Chip and, like, all the personal stuff we've gone through in that same span of time. And then when that moment, you almost get to, like... Like, you, like, wash it all off. Yeah. And it's, like, just... None of that had mattered. Yep. You know, there's nothing that beats that in the whole world. And that's one really extreme example. Yeah. But it can be something so small of like you're trying to lose weight. Yeah. Small victories. you weigh 240 pounds and you've not weighed below 200 pounds for 10, 15 years. And to hit that 198, it's like suck it in your face. Like that moment, right? I'm glad you didn't say what you said earlier. That's all I'm saying. Like that stimulation. I was waiting for it. Like – the releases, the chemical release, that's what it is for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is for yeah, me. That's why I love it yeah. so much. Because every time you fail, and especially if there's multiple people piggybacking on that too, oh, yeah. like me versus the world, that's my favorite. Yeah. It's all, I've always loved being the villain for that reason. Well, and that's what I said earlier about not a fair question to you is because you're a successful business guy. You fight those battles every day. Yeah. I mean, every day. Right? Yeah. I mean, sure. you know, somebody in the business world, if you're like working at a manufacturing plant, you still got to hit your quotas and all that. So it still kind of comes down to that. But when you're at the front of the line. I love solving a problem. Yeah, that's what I mean. You fight that battle every day. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. We're an hour and 42. You guys feel like going to two hours or you just want to cap it here? We can go I'd say, I was going to say, I could say we could cap it because we could just get into another rabbit hole and. Yeah. We could get into another tunnel and end up at like six hours later. Two fifty or two. Let me yeah, ask you yeah. this. Hold on, hold a full on. Three hours. We got eighteen minutes. All right, eighteen minutes. Let's burn them. If you're comfortable enough to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. What's been your, um, let's say, most painful failure? Because I think biggest and most painful could be separate, right? I agree. What's, what's the, your, the most? What's the most painful? What's your most painful? Uh, the one to just failure hit that stuck you so with you hard. Most? Yeah. That, that hurt the most. What's the what's the time you failed in something that's hurt the most? Dave, can you think of anything? 
Oh, yeah, I got tons. Maybe not the Man. one that's most, but the I'm one... Try, I'm trying to think of the most appropriate But the one that instance. you're com- most comfortable talking about. Hey, you got, if you want to win, you got to fail. I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah. I'm going to say, you want to stay sports? No. No. Absolutely not. Hmm. I would say, I mean, honestly, mine is actually going to be sports-related. It's hard not to be sports related, right? Um, with with the it podcast, yeah, I mean, I think it I think it's fitting to be sports related, but I think losing the regional game to Winfield. Yeah, that's the biggest reaction. Uh, getting I've seen out of you. getting smacked in the face like that. Yeah, I saw during that um, game. Um you know, b- <sighs> like a baby. Like with, with that so with that class, like that senior class, you know, I had coached them all the way through. I had started with them, well, I didn't start with them, but I, you know, got them as sixth graders. Coached them through their, you know, through their eighth grade year. Um, the next year, that's when Chip returned. That's when he got us to, to to come assist him. So like, I'm there with these guys, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, like all the way through. So you know, had spent so much time with those kids, had had so much um, and it was, work and time invested with it, them. It was know. and it was who the kids were. Too. Yeah, they're outstanding kids. You know, like I said. Just the guy. awesome kids, like awesome guys. Um, so to you know, we thought like, man, like we really got a chance. Like you know, we're you know what seven, six, seven seniors deep. I can't remember what we ended up because we picked up a few along Crazy. the way. Uh, like I said, I can't remember right off my head how many we actually had, but like we were so senior heavy. You know, we had uh, a good mix of, of freshmen, sophomores, and and a solid junior class behind them. It's like, man, like this could be. It was definitely. Year. It was definitely. This is it. This is the year. It's like the situation Scott was in this year. Mm-hmm. That's that was us. Yeah, and we had so much pressure uh, on ourselves to like to deliver for them because we felt that they, you know, had you just wanted it so bad. For we them. wanted it so bad for them. Like obviously, we wanted it for ourselves. But like, like I said, with everything that they had dealt with, because they had dealt with some very toxic players in front of them, and like, I felt like they got robbed of two years of really joyous. Yeah, soccer because of because of like I said, because toxic teammates and toxic teammates, and toxic and, situations and yeah, um, external. Factors. You know, it's funny you bring that up. I, I've been on several state championship teams, and I cannot imagine having toxicity in them. Yeah, well, there's not a place for it. I mean, that it just it throws such a curveball. Mm-hmm. I does. mean, for I mean, people, I'm, and you know, and I, and I'm not bragging, but I mean, I was on several state championship teams. I was in, in the captains. I was a team captain, all of them. I cannot imagine the backlash of somebody trying to wreck the team chemistry, the community. I mean, it's just, just it's kind of crazy. What if I told you that those kids were cool with it? Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it can happen. After the I'm just fact. saying like, I've they were never, okay with it. I've never experienced that because kind of when you're winning, it seems crazy to rock that boat. Yeah, and when you have that much potential. And when you have that much sacrifice, you know, and and a lot of times for – so, again, Noah and I came off those state championship teams. There's only three of us that went on to play college sports mm-hmm. out of all of those. Yeah. I mean, yep. it's crazy, three. So that's the only success those kids – the other kids would have. They're done. Their career is over. Yeah, like I said, from – And to have any toxicity would be just ridiculous. From athletes that I've played with, in soccer, yeah. In high school, so all the classes both ways. 
Um, and then um, coached, me and Christian Linkov are the only two athletes to play more than two years in college. Yeah. We're the only ones that made it to year three. Yeah. That's all three of my guys, myself included there. And neither Christian nor I played a fourth. Yeah. We all three played all the way through our career. We pursued other stuff like professionally instead of coming back. But, I mean, that's that's crazy. I mean, that's how crazy it is, man. I mean, we've had some one-and-dones that have come through. Yep. They played for a year. And a couple of guys played for two years. But, that, like you said, no one's – I mean, that's, that's crazy. It's a yeah, crazy it statistic. Is. I just – I can't imagine. I can't wrap my head yeah, around it. Cra- it's crazy, but, yeah, like I said, the – that loss, that regional loss for me. That sucked. That was like it was a weird like you know I was upset after uh, the state cha- or the state finals or the state semifinal game. Um, right. I was you know upset. Um, you know just because you hate to you hate to lose. Right. But like it's different when you play but, well. We played yeah, well. Yeah. But so like the 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 regional game, the regional championship game, I was numb. For probably like four days. Yeah. After oh, the fact, like it, it was, was the weirdest, so, and it was the cruelest way to lose. It was too. the weirdest, just most. It was the worst thing that I've experienced. Oh, the worst. As far as a loss goes. Now, like I said, after the, the state semifinal game was upset, you know, we had an outstanding year. It was like I said, just a, a shame to go out like that. But like, you know, by the end of the night, like when we were doing our coaches' interviews, like. I collected myself was good, but it that that regional game, man, Much it was more just motivated. And I, I'm going to give you both solid praise here. And Coach Chip, I was amazed that you came back downstairs and did an interview. Because honestly, if I were sitting in your seat, I don't think I'd have had the the stomach for it. Yeah. Chip would ten years ago wouldn't have. I mean, that's that's such a tough sale. Chip would ten I mean, years ago would have torn the other dog. And and the boys, I will praise the boys as well. Most of the team came back down, sat in groups, and you know did an on-screen interview to kind of capture that moment. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them hung out behind us and laughed and enjoyed it. And you know, that's so hard to do. Well, that's that so hard to do. Comes from the top. You said we that try now. to lead by example. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like I said, appreciate talk- you saying that, but that's how we try. Yeah, to Yeah, I mean, it's just well, crazy. I was blown away because I felt bad asking. I was like, hey, you know, because I I made Kale do it. He's my own, so I could kind of like, hey, Kale, grab three or four, grab Braden. You know, I knew that we could get a couple. Tyson was always game. A couple of them that I knew would kind of, yeah, 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 buckle it up real quick. It's like get a group here and let's just capture this, and, and um, you know, and then it steamrolled. Well, we well, we talked about super crazy though. We talked a lot about enjoy, <laughs> let's enjoy this experience together. Yeah, you know we might there's there's so many things can happen. This might be the only time we do this, and this is so special. Oh yeah, it's so unique. It's like guys, we have a job to do. We we know what we're trying to. We're here to win. But like let's enjoy this experience. Yeah. Let's enjoy each other. It. We didn't want to have that. Everybody go to your room. Nobody say a word oh, to yeah. anybody. Oh, like yeah. all that crap. Like hey. That's not how we got here. Yeah. We didn't get here like that, so that's not how we're going to act. Yep. It's like enjoy each other. Hey, but our big thing was be in bed at 10 o'clock. The sleep was the only thing that we harped on. Yeah. You have to eat and you have to sleep. The other, the rest was like, don't get hurt. Yeah. But like, Nothing not, go go hang out. You're, do whatever. That's why yeah. we're here. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that. You know, and a big shout out to the, uh, um, shoot, the Booster Club. Yeah, boosters are awesome. Yeah, we have yeah. getting an extra day in there. I thought that was so awesome. You know, yeah. hey, let's make it an experience. I, that was one of the best booster meetings I think I've ever sat in. 
the boosters nothing but heart i mean that's mm-hmm. phenomenal oh, yeah. for them to say hey get an extra day out of this because it doesn't happen often. it makes a difference too yeah the and the boys really bought into that i think that let them know they were you know on that special train mm-hmm. takes some edge off too oh gosh yeah just let them know that they you know they were that important the extra day lets you get settled in yep what uh, was your, what was your Jessica Matheny said that it went on for a long time, but it was the best. They loved it. I agree. I think we were up to like 4.30 in the morning with the last of the yeah, conversations. Well, I, I had to call it a night eventually. Yeah, Faustic, you came back down. And, yeah, uh, Faustic, I, I stayed up as but, long as I could to, to watch. I was there for I mean, that's what I mean. So, but, so much stress on the boys, so much stress on you guys. And the boys were hanging out till you know four in the morning, willing to talk about it. Pretty, yeah, that weekend pretty good just, deal. That was a roller coaster, roller coaster of emotions of a weekend. Yeah, speaking about it, you're out of monster now. I so. mean, you get to the point where, like I don't, I don't care if we ever win one. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, really don't. Well, and I, I, gotta I mean say, that. I mean, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I could. I've been when, on, I, when I get to see with these kids, like I, we get state, we win multiple state championships every year. Yeah. When you see a kid like Veroski go from letting anxiety issues affect his ability to train and play yeah. at all. Yep. To see him turn into that confident, truly confident young man who's ready to take on the world. Like that's like eight million state championships. Like are oh, you yeah. serious? And yeah, like yeah. that's just one that's like the, the lowest hanging of fruit. There's others that are much more intimate that you don't see like that, but you see other stuff. And sometimes it takes several years after they're gone yep. to see it pay off. Oh, yeah. When you see that stuff, when you see a kid, when you know what they were, when they came to you, when you know what situation they came from, and to see them as a senior or at 20 or 22, and you go, that's just the absolute best, mm-hmm. best thing in the world. Best thing in the world. KT checking. She's like, you're still in the first one. So what <laughs> yeah, was your, we're, two, we're two hours in. What was your biggest failure? Well, that's so most painful. What's your most painful? So, okay, I'll, I'll tell you this out real quick. I've been on both ends of this. I've lost two state championships. One's a sophomore, one's a junior. And uh, crazy, crazy hard, just to finish up my thought here, crazy, crazy hard to come back the same day like you all did. I would, I, when I was 16, 17, lost both those, there would have been no interview from me. I'd been setting stuff on fire. <laughs> Hashtag uh, don't do what I did. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but you know what I mean? It's such a tough thing. So, Kudos to you guys, the coaching staff, and kudos to the boys because that's that's special. All right, anyway, uh, most painful for me, I'd, I'd have to say parenting. I mean, as a parent, my gosh, uh, it's so hard not to fail um, for your kids or with your kids. You know, and you always you always say something, and you're just like, oh, that's so stupid. You know, in the heat of the moment, you get aggravated, get mad at your kid or whatever, and you say something stupid, and then you got to retract it all back. It's crazy that he says that because he's such a good one. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, every parent fails at some point, and every parent has to reel it back in. You know, and it's it's tough, especially. And I really think sports parents, because mm-hmm. you get so caught up in what your kids are doing, and you take it personal. You know, and then you want your kids to be doing the best they can do. And you know, we all harp and preach and say, "Hey, you got to train Nazis. You got to be better. You got to do that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so when it when you have those things happen. Uh, you know, you get in that argument, you get into the heat of the moment, you get emotional, you say something stupid, you know, that's that's a failure as a parent. It just hits you hard. Because mm-hmm. you can fail at work or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and you're kind of like, well, it's work. You know, you can kind of play that one it's off. It's different when your kids and you feel oh, like gosh. it's... Oh, gosh. When it's your kids and you're a parent and you're just like, oh, crap. And you feel like it's I'm permanent. a terrible parent. And you feel like it's permanent, but you know it's not. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because I talk to a lot of parents and they, they always kind of... Um, you'll talk to parents, and I have where they're like, oh, I'm such a bad parent. This is what happened. And they want to 
tell you about it. And I think a lot of it's just for their own therapy, their own peace of mind. Sure. And I always try to assure them, you know, I'm like, hey, <laughs> I've been there. I've probably done worse, you know, at some point with my own kids. So, you know, you're not that bad a parent. You, everybody lapses. Everybody's human. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, that's that's one of my most painful is saying something to one of my own kids that you just can't take back. You can never unsay something. That's it's crazy. It and it's so hard to do with your own kids. Cause you're around them all the time. And you're just like, ah, and then you blow up and say something stupid. And you're like, Oh crap. And sometimes you don't realize it right away. Sometimes oh, yeah. it takes 10 minutes. Sometimes it takes two hours. Sometimes it's days later. And I'm like, Oh man, I realized I said that initiative. Right. So anyway, Jessica Matheny says she agrees. Yeah, that's what I mean, you know. So for every parent out there that feels like they're a bad parent, you're not alone. All of us at some point feel like a bad parent or a terrible sure. parent. But, you know, reel it back in, do the best you can do, realize you're human. So. I dig it. Yeah, craziness. Kids. Huh. Anyway. Yeah, it's even harder. So I would hope, you know, and I know I've said some sarcastic stingers to kids that weren't even my kids. My, you know, still think of them as my kids since you're coaching them. But, you know, same situation. I dig it. Yeah. So did you guys, you guys both got yours in, right? No, I didn't. Do mine. yours. That's what I thought. We talked a, you, we talked a lot about some stuff with you there on the state championship, but I didn't think that was yours. No, the sure. regional, I mean, that was, it's up there. Okay. My most painful failure was, um. Going into my uh, sophomore year, probably about high school right or college. College after my okay. sophomore year of college, my fall season ended, and uh, it didn't go the way that I wanted it to. You know, I had put in a, I had planned a red shirt, so I redshirted my freshman year, right? And I knew what I had to do, and man, I never thought I was capable of that. You know, um, I knew that I had to put on so much size, yeah, and the, but the right way because it's soccer. You know, and then get in shape and be ready for preseason, and then so many things to work on, because you're a redshirt freshman. I mean, you, the sky's the limit. What do you yeah. need to work on? All of it. So, yeah, yeah. Crazy work rate. I happen to play with some guys that only play with a couple that really put in true good off seasons. But it was one of those moments where you kind of knew going into the spring season when we had our spring season my freshman year, I knew that I had worked the hardest up to that point. A lot of guys really took. December, January off entirely, and then started to try and get back into fitness in February to go out and train for the spring in March. But I mean, I was insane, and I tried to carry that through my sophomore season. And I had really realistic goals. Just wanted to dress. I just wanted to travel. Yeah, make that final um, cut. Just wanted to travel. Um, I did in the first couple games, and then not the rest of the season. When my season ended. You know, I kind of became aware of my new situation. And so for me, it was the first time I can honestly say ever in my life, and probably the only time since, that I've absolutely given 100% to something. Yeah. So it's like I gave everything that I had, my absolute best. I'd never done that before. I never had to. And it wasn't enough. And not only was it not enough, it kind of felt like it wasn't close. That That's was, a shocker. I was on my couch for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't talk to anybody. I I couldn't even I mean I couldn't even face I could it was just like And I hear you, because if it's close, you can at least mediate it a little bit, but if it's not even close, then that is because I had such a realistic goal. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm not traveling, so you don't even feel like you're part of the team. Yep. 
it was, you know, you go to the, like, home games are being played and you're not dressing. So then, like, you have class with people because it's a small college. And they're like, hey, where were you? And it's just like, you're just taking right and left uh, imaginary hooks to the dome all day long. Yeah. And it, no cab. man, does it hurt. <laughs> then I'd say for me, I had never been humbled like that to that level before. You know, and, um, and it was so hard. And some of it would be, it wasn't all my fault. It wasn't just because I, yeah. so much of it was talent. Yeah. But there was a lot of it that just was one of those political, you know, mm. one of those situations, oh, yeah. how the program was. But man, it didn't matter why. All that mattered was. Yeah. And it destroyed, it absolutely destroyed my mental psyche. I mean, I absolutely well, hated myself. How old were you? 20? It's 20. Yeah, I mean. Think about as a twenty-year-old. I was things. nineteen, and I just turned twenty yeah. right when the season. That's a, ended. that's asking a lot for a. I don't. Know, I'll say kid, a twenty-year-old no, kid. kid. Oh yeah. You know that's making life decisions in college about what you're going to do for your future. You got a lot on your mind anyway, and then to throw that in there—that that is further. That is further complicated. Yeah, I mean, devastation. It's horrible. And so you know, I, I would continue. I try to let it, but I mean, I would go into the gym every day, and I just look in the mirror to work out. And I just absolutely hated myself, and I hated everybody. Yeah, that's it, the hard part. You start to yeah, you know, fuel the fire. I couldn't stand it. And I just, you know, I was doing the right things and for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And then I would be able to go into, once I kind of understood more maturely what was going on in my situation, um, Did I was it, able to look at it in a different light. any particular thing that kind of pulled you out of that funk? You said it was about four weeks. Yeah. What pulled me out was that, you know, what do you know? What have you been taught up to this point? And like all that Chipwood stuff came back, and that's how I got to that point. That's I was how so I was hoping to... you're gonna say the love of a good woman. No, um, I was rooting for you, pal. It was all that I did. That's how I was able to put in all that physical work. Yeah, which was easy. But some of the the other athletes didn't want to do that. But I that was my default because I played for Chip. But then I just kind of went back to what do you do? And it's like. Yeah. You can only feel sorry for yourself for so long, and I was so motivated. Well, hold on. Was that your voice, or is that someone else's? I don't know. Hmm. But I was so motivated in a negative way. Yeah, yeah. And um, over time, that how, would subside. How bad was the low point? Lowest I've ever, as an adult, by far the lowest I've ever been. But, I mean, how bad? On, like, a 1 to 10. Sure. Like a 9. It was like distraught. Did you have somebody, anybody come by to check on you and just say, "Hey, man, yeah, you, a little you bit. look I mean, rough. I had a, you feel rough. You you don't." See ironically, yourself. I had a couple teammates that were in, I won't say quite as similar situations, but over the course of the careers that we would have, we yeah. would all be at that point at fighting the same at battle. different levels, but principally the same thing. Yeah, and it was we all it bonded us, of course. But yeah. I mean, it was so just so crazy difficult. But you know, I was able to then understand my situation and you release some control yeah and then just be better because of it but the big thing was after that reflecting yeah and going listen you gave your best to something and you're just like that's what that feels like and now you know what you're capable of which i never thought i was capable of that i had been 130 pounds soaking wet my whole life yeah to weigh 160 and be cut up was insanity it changed my life yeah Changed my life, and I've never looked back. Those that I've taken that with me to today. You know, I weigh 158 pounds today. Yeah, I've lost a couple pounds here in the last couple of weeks, but like 
what I was before our season started. I went through a rough patch in my personal life. Right. Right before Kale showed up. Yeah. I weighed 140 pounds. Really? Which is the lightest I had been since. I mean, I remember you being a squirrely coach, but I didn't realize it was 20 pounds. I weighed 140 pounds in the in July. Yeah. On July 1st, I weighed 140 pounds, which was the lightest I had weighed since I was 18 coming out of that yeah. that freshman season in college. I had not looked back at anything below 150-ish, Yeah. but I had gone through such a rough patch in my life personally. I had gotten down to such a low weight, and then how did I get it back? I just... Back to the ground? From that experience. So is that, would you say there's valor, 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 crap, I can't even say Value. Valor or valor? Valor. 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 Is there valor in um, learning that lesson? Like since you know what you can take personally, does that help you fight it off? Oh, yeah. Do you, are you aware of if you're starting to go back into, all right, hey, lost whatever battle. Pick your failure now. The I've. It's almost like you're incapable of going that low again. Yeah, that's what I mean. So there's Valor. Yeah, Valor. yeah like you raised your floor, Yeah, which is super cool. And then, of course, physically, because yeah. of just the nature of it being athletics, of course, physically I just know that I can do, if I really want to, Yeah, I can do like anything. Oh, yeah. And that's I would flip the, re- the reverse on that and say that, you know, players that hit the wall, they now know where the wall is, and so they can push higher into it or even raise it. And that's so hard to get a kid to understand. I mean, oh, until yeah. you literally, and, you know, I learned it from wrestling, you know, until you literally run yourself in the ground and you absolutely have nothing else left in the tank, you don't know where that wall is. Yeah, a lot of kids don't ever get to that point. They, oh, I would say 99.9%. Right. But wrestling, wrestling, 100%. Wrestling gives you a better chance. It gives of you it. a better chance of yeah, getting that Yeah, that one point. will break you. It can. And, you know, I've been there. Once you figure out where the wall is, you either toughen up or you. you that know, stuff quit. first started for me with Chip Wood. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, Chip. He would do things where you would be like, let's say you're going to have close to a two-hour practice. We do these eighty-minute fitness sure. cardio. We did not do eighty-minute cardio sessions when we played. So you're going to be at practice for two hours. It's yeah. eight. To, it's seven to nine. Period. That's yep. what it is. Or it's six to eight. That's six thirty yeah, to eight thirty. Yeah. yeah. Period. Around about that. There would be moments where you would be like at the halfway mark of training and you go to yourself, at least I don't know about you, but especially that first year that you played. I am. I'm in my head and I go, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. After like the next, I'm like, I've got like one or two more in me and I'm done. And then you find yourself, you, you do another 35 minutes of cardio after that. Oh yeah. Because he knows where your body can break. Not you because yeah. of his yeah. expertise from track. Oh, yeah. And just being a coach. Being and, an athlete, yeah. And studying everything, but just, and also pushing you to your limit. I mean, there were so many times where you thought after you'd finish a rep, like a drill, and you're like, you were, I can't, yeah. I can't do it. Like, I'm, that's it. Oh, that's yeah. it. Chip, Chip was the absolute master of that. But I will say, he's the one person that's ever actually broke me. Yeah. He legitimately. In soccer broke me or track? In soccer. I've been broken once. Really? 100% completely broke. And it was Chip Boy that did it. How? Yeah. Just he did this bleed workout. It was a track workout actually. Yeah. Uh, during soccer conditioning, uh, during two days, and it just absolutely <laughs> ran me into the dirt. Like I, I finished the workout. Yeah. And after the workout, um, I crossed the finish line. There was a big fan and the big industrial fan out in the field, and uh, 
there was water blowing into yeah, it. Yeah, I remember. I, remember. I went and I just collapsed in front of the fan. <laughs> I laid there for an hour. Yeah. Like uh, I was physically yeah done. D U N done. Like yep. it was. He physically just ruined me that day. Yep. Only time I've ever been broken. <laughs> and I've you know he's broken many athletes with and I've, workouts. And I've you know been a three sport athlete. Yeah. Majority of my life, and like I said, went through some hellacious wrestling practices and some That's, crazy conditioning, yeah. you know, across the board and other stuff. But like Chip Wood, maniacal. Yeah. Yeah. He'll mentally break you down too, which, yeah. which like affects said, the physical. But physically, I was broken. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, mentally not, but physically, yeah. Chip Wood is the one that broke me. I got so. mine in wrestling. You ever trash bag it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Trash, Sonic, trash yeah. bag it. Because you're a little more old school, so I I yeah, had yeah. sauna suit, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, sauna yeah. suit. Oh, yeah. you had the prissy boy yeah. deal. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I got to go raid that's the janitor's closet and get trash bag every That's day. rough. But probably uh, the the probably the other time I physically broke myself or close to breaking it was I had to cut like eight pounds in like eight pounds. Like, well, but it was last minute, like in a very condensed amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been there to make weight, like under six hours prior to the tournament oh yeah so that was rough hey start sucking on some ice chips and uh you know chew some gum yeah yeah i met mine in wrestling but that was trash bagged it and passed out yeah and that was yeah never passed out but i was pretty well i remember thinking this is supposed to be legitimately crazy and Mm -hmm. nuts and at some point we gotta stop oh yeah first day of preseason ryle yeah got there that was my fault the workout was fine but the way i pushed myself the workout yeah, was fine. The workout didn't break me. I yeah, broke yeah. me. He broke oh, yeah, himself. Yeah. I broke I mean, myself. But that, oh, that's yeah. what happened to me too. You just push so hard, and everybody else slows down. They innately slow down because it's going in protection mode. And if you can keep from slowing down, all I remember is that I, I like, we had he did like it was like time ten, time five, tens, twenties, forties, sixties, hundreds, two hundreds, four hundreds. And then you finish with a timed half mile. And this yeah. this and this was after you started the day with you were supposed to do a five thirty mile. Yeah. Okay. That was the start. Was a five thirty mile. And then you got six minutes rest and you had to do another. Okay. Which yeah. is Yeah. Insanity. So that I'm not a distance guy. So to come in to do my five twenty whatever mile, do my six minute mile, the second one, whatever. And then you do the sprint workout, but the sprints, I, that's my thing. So that was yeah. easy. Up until you get to like the 200s. Mm-hmm. We did that 400. I think we did one 400. I throw up. Yeah. Right. Just pretty hardcore. But like first day, are you are you kidding me, dude? And I knew that like that was the only thing that I could shine in was like fitness. Yeah. Right. Because I'm playing with dudes that are like nutty. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm throwing up like I got to run the half mile. So I just throw up, take the shirt off. Let's ride. I do the half mile, man. Toast. Now, I mean, I, I did it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even hardly walk. I couldn't drink water. See, I was so de- I, I was so dehydrated. I put my body into absolute shock. shock. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know how I managed to recover in time to train for the afternoon session. I was like, I don't think I'm not joking around. I was like, this is a health issue. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make <laughs> the yeah. afternoon session. And that, that's what makes I'm laughing because I'm always giggling at kids that are like, I got nothing left, and then they walk. Off the mat, or they, you know, ten minutes later they're goofing or off. They're and goofing laughing. off the. Oh, that doesn't. And I'm crazy. like, man, oh you have gosh. no idea what you still have left. Yeah. And if you, you did, have a lot more than what you think. If, you if they could reach that level of thought of what's really in the tank, 
that's what separates like your outstanding athletes from the great athletes. Just good, good outstanding athletes. ones come off the field with nothing mm-hmm. absolutely left. There was no way that I couldn't do the last thing, and here's why: we're doing our mile to start our time mile. Okay, we are goalie Dotto. Okay, who would go on to be an All American? He's tra- he's running, and I'm like lapping him in the second one. He's running like this, like doing like a light jog. He's literally doing this. Puke. He doesn't stop. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, these guys are crazy, man. So he's literally running and he's just doing this. I can't say enough. Like just a light, like to the side, like just to not get on himself. He'd just be like, puke. Because he was the goalie. Oh, yeah. But the goalie still had to do everything. But he was never going to be fit enough to do this. Oh, yeah. But he was puke running. That was the first time I was today years old that day when I saw that. That was the first time I'd ever seen another human being not stop at all. Not like yeah, stop, yeah. puke, and keep going. That's like, so hard to do. In stride. Yeah, that's hard. Most people like, are incapable of doing anything but puking. He was yeah. baby puking in stride, like uh, repeatedly. And I was like, what do you do? Yeah. I was like, no way. No yeah. way am I no way am I not finishing. No way. I did. I almost died, but I did. <laughs> But that, that's killer. So for any, you know, the athletes out there listening or any parents, just know that, you know. And that ain't some 1975 story back in my day. That was <laughs> I like. see how it is. That was the last eight years. That was Taking real. salt. The taking, crap was real. salt tablets in the salt water. Salt tablets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was wild stuff. There was a Brazilian that didn't finish who shall remain nameless, Ator. But listen, <laughs> who like was not doing the thing. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, Brazilians. Yeah. I ain't going to be lumped in that category neither. Yeah, that's facts. It's crazy. So that that's for parents and athletes out there listening. You know, it takes people. I've, from my perspective, people stop well short of their wall. Because, well short because they just don't know, and until you actually hit that point and you know where your wall is, it seems like I always think athletes leave, especially high school kids. It's so hard though for them to have that line of critical thought and understanding of their own bodies and what's capable. And, uh, and I always giggle when it's like, oh, I got no more left. I'm like, if you can talk, you still got some left. Well, most of them have coaches that can't get them to that point either. Chip, yeah. Chip read a book from a Navy SEAL. What was it, about 40%? Everyone's got, like, usually they have 40% more. I would say that easy. Yeah. yeah. That was the whole, remember when, when we first started coaching, he was, we talked a lot about that. What he, what he read from that? I read a book about stoicism. Or stoicism. Stoicism, yeah, I'm pronouncing it wrong, I'm sure. Sto bros, stoism's sick. Yeah, and that's that's what pushed me to find my wall in high school. I was like, I can do this, and it was about a swimming team that pushed themselves so hard that you know, and they were they were proud to be uh, stoic in their mentality and their training. I was like, I want that to be me, and so I took a day. I had to trash bag on because I had to drop weight, but um, you know, and said today's gonna be my day. I'm gonna find my wall. Yeah, I found it. I took a big butt chewing after that, but you know, I was like, "Hey, now I know where I stand." The coach is like, "What the hell are you thinking?" I was like, "Well," and I told him, and he's like, "Yeah, what the hell are you thinking? You know, that's insane." And I was like, yeah. "Could you imagine if we had an athlete who's like, well, I read that," and I'd be like, "Oh my, you what?" Yeah. You'd be like, "Well, I was like, oh, okay, so if you read to jump off a bridge, is that what we're doing?" Like, hey, if it makes you tougher and lets you know yeah. more self awareness, that worked out. Yeah. Hey, it worked out. It did. It's crazy. So now I know. Yeah, now you know. I've known it for a long time. If you know, you know, man. I was on a hike in Arizona. That's what cut weird little tiny anecdotes. I was on a hike in Arizona last May. We're at 215, by the way. And we um, had planned to do it. It was like two hours. Our Airbnb host kind of said, 
hey, this is take this trail, this trail. It's like a two-hour trail. And we're like, okay. And it's a big... Um, Hold on. Gonna... Let's let's do this in uh, after overtime. That'll be our overtime segment. We're going to throw out crazy All right. stories All right. of endurance and just times like that. Because right, right, I have right, one. I'm sure you have one. That'll be our Because I know where you're going, and I want to hear it, but I want to expand on it more. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, right. so if you want to hear these antidotes. Close it down. Wrap wrap it up. Yeah, Fauci's going to keep his, and we're going to roll it out in overtime. (laughs) I like where this is going. All right. So, everybody, thank you for joining us here. Two coaches unplugged, Coach Faust, Coach Sarah, tackling failure and everything that goes with it. And, man, good rabbit hole. Good rabbit holes. Sorry for all our first-time viewers that uh, we almost fought the moderator. <laughs> yeah, I will yeah. say, you know, he knows uh, how to a, get under your skin. Cool you don't understand. He does this all the time to everybody. Yeah, a cool thing. Everybody. I'm seeing a lot of names that I don't recognize. Yeah, I, I, so like that's that's a good that's a good sign. So shout out to everybody listening. Uh, Jessica, how long are you gonna have us wait? Not long. We're gonna thing. roll right back into this so we can keep Fauci's train of thought in line here because he'll. Uh, yeah, well, and uh, lose it if we don't. Turn back it's getting around. close to my bedtime too, so we gotta, I agree. You know, gotta, yeah. gotta get in there so, and get that taken care yeah. of. So, so good uh-huh. session. We're going to there. Thank you everyone for joining us again. Two coaches unplugged, unscripted, unedited, just raw emotion here. Talking about failure today. So many thanks to Coach Faust, Coach Sarah, and uh, we'll be back here for overtime shortly, and we'll be back next week for another topic.